How you doing? Good. How long you all stay open? Oh, 24 hours. Good. Um, you all have them um, Frisco melt ball sandwich. Frisco melt. Yeah, Frisco melts. Anything with cheese on it. Uh, like a Philly cheesesteak or something. Yeah, Philly cheesesteak. A few pairs. Yeah. Um, can I talk to the person in charge there real quick? All right. Hello. Yeah, I got a cousin, and uh, he said that one of the workers there has been a. Uh, I'm I'm a real Christian man, and I don't like hearing my relatives using that meth. I heard somebody working there been using meth a lot and pube hairs. Excuse me now? You've lost me here, sir. Well, I heard that somebody there has been using meth, and I don't like my local community people working around. This. I got little children go around there, and I don't like skinnies serving meth sandwiches. Okay, well, I'm the assistant manager, and there hasn't been no type of meth sandwich, you said? That's what I said. Okay, well, sir, I really don't know of any activity like that going on. Well, i tell you what. If I hear any more of these meth sandwiches getting made, I heard that they're smoking the foilies back there when they're cooking the burgers, okay. making them uh, meth sandwiches. Okay. That's news to me. But you sound like a pretty good Christian man yourself, so I take your word for it. Okay, well, um, usually we got a no-drug policy around here. I mean, any on the premises, I mean, they're usually fired on the spot, let alone the police are called. So, I mean, and there's usually a manager on both shifts, usually nine times out of ten. Well, I heard you all got new management or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I went there about three months ago when a lady looked like she'd been, um, been smoking the meth. She had about two teeth in her face and, you know, well, God love her pube hair sandwich and all that. Okay. Well, I don't have many teeth in my head, but it's not because of that. It was because of a car accident, but I I guess, well, well we judging? You're a Christian, you say, but you're sitting here judging people because they don't have teeth in their head now? Well, no, she, you know, she, I ain't she didn't have teeth in her head, but you can tell she was taking the meth sandwiches. Okay. Well, sir, like I said, I'll keep it. I'll keep an eye on that and keep an ear open. Uh, I really appreciate your business and everything. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, this is a new one on me. I'll be sure to tell the manager in the morning too. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Good night, ball hairs. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. We just kind of want to open up things today a little bit more informally, talk about what's going on in the world yeah, at man. the moment. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, and we're happy to have Josh back for sure. 
Heck yeah, man. And I've been missing it. Just kind of want to give it a more personable open with Josh being back now and kind of reestablish ourselves here. How about them blues? I know. I had to wear my blues hat tonight. <laughs> Don't ever count them out, man. Hell yeah. I mean, I, that was unbelievable. Yeah, like I was watching professional wrestling AEW, actually, and I was like, I was skipping over to the Blues game and knew that you know what the score was. And the right. last time I had checked, it was like three nothing. Oh, I know. And the Avs were up, and I was so pissed off. I was just Me like, too. you know, this is what I get for <laughs> following them all. You know, I was still mad you know? because of the Cadre stuff. You know, Bennington being injured, and right? Like, yep. You know, I'm for just sure. still really salty about that. And then they were like, oh fuck, man, just yeah. kept pouring it on. And I was like. We tied it. Oh, they're up again. Oh, we right, tied it. Right. And then, the, man, the overtime. I would, oh, that game stressed yeah, me out, dude. Like how quickly they tied it and how quickly they scored in OT right. as An well. empty netter. Was just insane, man. Yeah, I mean, the empty, you know, they pulled the goalie. They had the empty net and they had six on five, dude. And somehow they pulled it off. I know, it was incredible. I mean, it's, kudos to We're them starting guys. to get that kind of magic rolling. Like, to me, that almost felt like, you know, the Cardinals in 2011. Right, In the right. World Series, you know. So. You know, it's kind of magical for me, too, because, you know, I lost my dad at uh, the beginning of this month. And uh, before my dad passed, that was something that me and him, like, talked about a lot was the Blues. And he's sure. like, I don't know, man. He's like, I, this might be the year. And I'm like, I'm hoping so. so Big now, bonding. Yeah, so now thing. that dad's gone, like, it, you know, it'd be wild if somehow they pull it off and right. go all the way and... Kind of like a miracle. The, yeah, bring it back. You know what I mean? Hey, miracle 22. Bring it back to the city, baby. Hell yeah, Do it man. for dad, you know? Yeah. Get them blues. Yeah, hell yeah. The whole Bennington thing, too, man, it's pissed me off so bad. Like, I think initially in the live feed, it looked it, it looked more malicious, you know, like a propel, but it was two players colliding. Right. And, you they know, did you see that type up, of thing. And, and then they went into Bennington, I know. Yeah. But, you see that happen with offensive linemen in the but, NFL all the time. Let me say. Yeah. If you watch every game, how many times did that happen before Bennington got hurt? I mean, Fair that enough. happened in every game. Fair enough. Until Bennington got hurt. Fair so enough. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like there yeah. was some fuckery going on with that, but whatever. Yeah. So uh, get well, Bennington. Well, another thing that's been <laughs> popping up since we've done a more, this type of approach, if you will, is all these crazy abortion laws that are popping up in the country, oh too. Oh, my God, dude. Just an like attack prehistoric. on everybody's rights, man. Yeah, overall. the leaked Supreme Court document as well. I mean, suppressing women's rights, voter suppression. I mean, it's just been wild, dude. You know, and then now yeah. we want to start talking about, you know, what happened down in Texas, which is a horrific right. tragedy, right. man, that we could do something about, but we just fucking do nothing, you know what I right. mean? It's just terrible. And I, th I find it interesting that now the Republicans are wanting to have a conversation about mental illness for the longest time. Right. And this is this is the narrative now for them that they have to ride the coattails of mental illness. Well, clearly anybody that thinks it's acceptable to do what took place there, take an AR fifteen into a you know, a school and take people's innocent lives away right. from this world. They clearly have a mental illness. It doesn't take a fucking PhD to figure right. that out. Yeah. You know? I mean a normal person doesn't have that drive. Exactly. You know, the fact that we're going to now recognize it as mental illness, quite frankly, it's almost it's they're doing anything to reposition the argument because the threat of guns or the threat of taking away like as if they have to take some sort of stance because the NRA is so deep in their pockets. Right. Is the motivation. Right. right. It's lobbyists. It's gun lobbyists that I mean, control our government, man. It's that's Ted how it Cruz works. specifically, Texas. Right. You know, right. He got, I think, over a million or two million in uh, campaign donations from the NRA. 
dude, but like what your wife shared, did you see the shit that that motherfucker was saying? This happened oh, yeah. because a back door was unlocked. Right. I'm like, what the fuck does that matter? What matters right. is it happened and these right. children were butchered, dude. The thing I was that caught me and stuck with me was we need to harden our schools. Motherfucker, they aren't penitentiaries, you know? Right. He was talking about every single door needs to be locked except for one. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't, like, from the outside, yeah, that doesn't sound bad to me. And then he was, like, you know, so heavy on, well, then there needs to be lock guards out, and they need to keep all the classroom doors locked. So as he got into the specifics, the bullet points that he was trying to make when he was being questioned about this stuff, Ted Cruz that is again, he he says, we need to harden our schools as the punctuation, you know? Right. And uh, that's literally a prison. We right. just systematically explained a prison cell, or, you know, a prison. Right. I mean, it's just sad, you know, that parents have to worry about sending their kids to public schools. You know what I mean? Like, me and my wife have honestly had discussions about, should we pull our kids out of schools? Our right. Public schools, is it safe for our children to be in the public school, especially in the state that we live in? You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's sad that sure. we're to that point when every modern nation in the world has done something about it besides us. I can't remember the exact criteria as far as years, but I know it was like within just this year uh, and no more than that, but... How many gun-related violences that have taken place on a mass scale in the nation? Something, right? 288 in oh the United God, States. Dude. And I we think do since the beginning of the year. And we do nothing. You know who the second one on the list is in the number? Let's hear it. Mexico. So, okay, geographically okay, yeah. right next to us. Eight. Eight, eight. massive shooting events. Yes, single digit. And you're going to talk about the cartels and all that shit? And you're yeah. talking eight to 280 something. Right. I mean, we have a problem. That we have beyond as far the problem. At, at schools, too. Yeah, so at, at school, let me put that qualifier in. I believe it's school mass shootings, that is. So, but yeah, this is just, uh, it's unacceptable. Right. You know? And then the next day, wasn't there a kid arrested with an AK-47 at a school in Texas? In a different, like, different city? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, actually, I think that did happen. I mean, it's just, you know. Inexcusable. Beto O'Rourke, he tried to approach Governor Abbott. Uh, they're getting ready to have the big NRA convention, and they're going to not allow firearms inside the NRA convention. Right. So here's Something the hypocrisy once again. <laughs> right. You know, Governor Abbott himself will be speaking there. So you know what he just did last month or two? Cut like $20 million or something from mental health, or it might have been even $200 million, uh, from mental health programs. For oh, the he, state. he's cutting anything that's a public program. Yeah. Again, we're having a conversation about mental illness. We're blaming it on mental illness. We need to do something about mental illness while we cut the funding, right, you know. Right. To take care of people. Hundreds of millions of dollars. You I know? mean, so you what's, know. what's the answer then? Just like. What are we doing? Federally, even though, like, we should, like, these laws that we need to pass that could help stop this stuff is like common sense stuff. Dude. Right. Like, it's For like sure. no brainer stuff. You know what I mean? Like, every modern nation, like I said earlier, it's like no brainer, like. These are common sense laws that, sure. that every country should have. And, you know, it's just like uh, we're more worried about the where the money in the pocket comes from. You know what I mean? Our government, we really need total reform. Right. We know? do. We do. There's too many lobbyists in Washington. There needs to be term limits for every branch. Everybody. Including the Supreme Court. Like, this is just totally absurd. You know, we shouldn't be allowed to gerrymander uh, right. voting districts. That should be a total illegal act. Right. You know, it's, it's just, there's so many things that are to be done against the interest of the civilians in this country. Right, special People interest. don't even realize their right. representatives are making these decisions and senators for them 
and people literally don't know what's going on. It's turned on. into an oligarchy is what it's turned into. <laughs> well, one could argue it's always been right. in many respects right. as well. I yep. mean, Clintons right. and right. You know, Rockefellers the Bushes and right. the Kennedys and the, the Koch so, brothers. And, yeah. Right. So you know, there's a lot of names that you could tie to politics, special interest groups, political parties, parties excuse me. So there's a, there's a lot of things, machinations in the works that folks don't realize what's going on. Right. So we're also here today to talk to our acquaintance, Mr. PQ. Um, Mr. PQ, Jared PQ, is well known by several folks in the community. Uh, old Frederick Townboy. How I kind of got to know him and knew who he was, he ran with the Last Flight Home guys, which coincidentally just had Marcus on the episode last week. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out. It's a long, interesting conversation with a lot of little nuggets here and there. Back to PQ. So PQ, always been a pretty funny guy, or at least, you know, my group of friends, we always kind of looked up to that whole crew, and there was always things that we admired about them. So PQ was kind of a part of this joke band that they would do on the side for Last Light Home called the Razzer. It was so good. And uh, we, I mean, the Razzer, you know, there was a Razzer bit on the, la- the last Last Flight Home EP right. as well. Was that the mess sandwiches thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, if you if you listen to us now, you already heard uh, skinnies and meth sandwiches bit. So hope you enjoyed that. But there's going to be like a lot of little fun nuggets, you know, from that camp throughout the episode as well. We're going to do some Razzer stuff. Going to have a couple of Razzer songs on as well. We will really get heavy into PQ with what he has going on today. I actually find him to be one of the more interesting social media follows, like period, across all the people that I follow. I was going to say his Instagram photo book is fantastic. That's exactly it. Yeah, he's he's always going on some type of outdoor adventure, taking amazing pictures. I just kind of wanted to pick his brain about, you know, some of his experiences, you know, his recommendations, perhaps, if you are traveling. I know like a lot of our friends, especially young parents, like to, you know, go somewhere like a destination in that right. regard, you know, make memories with right. the kids, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, expose the kids. You know, there's more to the world than Missouri. You know absolutely. I mean? And going out to the West Coast is often a very popular vacation spot for right. folks too. So, and I've always been fascinated with outdoor stuff oh, myself. Yeah. You know, I, got, I was in the Boy Scouts and things like that in school. So always had an interest in hiking and outdoors and that. Yeah. Any hobby associated with that. Absolutely. I used to fish and hunt when I was a kid, you know what I mean, stuff. So, yeah, it's like that connection and getting back connected to nature. Right. You know, it's just, it, it's who we are. We rose right. from the ground. We're primal. Right. We're Whether primal creatures. Absolutely. So it, it's just kind of like the beautiful harmony that right. you have in your existence, as brief as it is on the world. Right. So, yep. but yeah, so we're going to get into the PQ, kind of get his perspective on why he enjoys doing it so much. I know he does a lot, you know, with his family as well, taking him on these adventures and everybody's very active. So I'm sure that's kind of a part of inspiration in doing it is creating that family time and that family fun. The only other thing we have to address before we get Mr. PQ in here is we will be debuting Little Cable Boy from our friends and enemy airship. This is dropping exclusively on Friday evening. I'm um, so the 27th. So if you're hearing us now, you've, that's probably already happened. And then you've also got a show uh, out there this weekend. So unfortunately, we're not ahead of that show date. But hope you guys had a good show. I'm sure it was fantastic. And be sure to check out Enemy Airship on their Facebook page for their latest events. Stick around, guys. We got Mr. Jerry PQ for you. Yeah. Oh, no. 
got stung by me. Let's count to three. I need some rotten push, so we let's bang. Oh wait, the phone just rang. Gotta go. Cold brew, calling my name. We wanted to bring you on the podcast, PQ, sir, because we fucking love the shit out of your social media. Absolutely. Uh, your Instagram feed, the pictures that you put up. Yeah. Dude, I am so jealous of those views that you get. Cool, man. Uh, enjoy your guys' uh, stuff as well. I wish I could go to Cardinals games as often as you guys do. Sure, right, yeah. Right. You get to catch them out there, though, sometimes, right? You're close to San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah, San Francisco is about four hours away. Oh, damn, that's still a bit of a drive, then. Is it south of you? Yeah, it's, uh, like, southwest. Okay. I live, like, in the, in the Sierras. Oh, okay. oh okay. 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 That's really pretty. That makes a lot way. more sense than kind of the frequency of some of those views you get. Yeah, like, my nearest city actually is Reno, which is a hilarious city, because all I know about Reno is, uh, you know, Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You ever see him running around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking hilarious show. I got to catch that, like, uh, the new the new thing they did about the QAnon thing. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't since they've come yet. back. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, I, I love living out here. Um, you know, I do miss Missouri quite a bit, actually. You know, it's hot as fuck in the summers, as you all know. Sure, yeah. Sticky. You constantly sure. have red ass. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I miss my... I miss my Missouri friends and like, uh, you know, all the local shows and for sure and uh, baseball games, obviously. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, now that I'm sober, it's 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 probably better that I don't live out there because it's just a drinking culture out there for sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's an easy trap to get into out here. I think all of us can attest to that. We've been affected to that in some way. Yeah. Being around this area. You know what I yeah, mean? We definitely have. It's, you know, you're kind of out here in the middle of nowhere and you look for things to do and you get together with your friends and you start drinking and right. just kind of becomes years of that. And those years become a blur. Right. Sometimes I've laid off tremendously myself on account of it. Yeah. I, I yeah. used to drink a lot. It's hard to explain to people out here, like just how fucking wild, like my group of friends and even my group of friends that I know, like Rusty and and Ben and all the guys you know, like, right? It, it just gets. We used to get so fucking wild, and it, and it's so hard to explain to people like how acceptable it is just to walk around with a tall boy in your hand, you know? Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not frowned upon. We'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, not at all. Especially in St. Louis, man. You go to a Cardinals game, like you can just straight up like walk with a six pack down downtown and drink the cops your entire like, way. Whatever. Yeah, the cops don't care. I used to drive around all the time with like a tall boy, like in my truck, just drive around like, like it was nothing. I'm like, how the fuck did I only yeah. get one DWI? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, it's even like with medical marijuana now that that's become a thing in Missouri. I think last time we were at the game, remember we walked around to the different gates yeah. and we're like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. Somebody is token right here at the gate here at Bush Stadium, right. man. It's wild, you know. It's weird for sure because last time I passed through Farmington, I saw a dispensary. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, the yeah. kid I graduated with opened the first one in Farmington. It's actually wild, dude. That's awesome, man. You know what? Weed helped me quit drinking, and I dropped about for 50 sure. pounds in a matter of a month. Wow, yeah. man, that's cool. It's cool it helped you. 
Yeah, it did for sure. I definitely noticed a difference like about 2015-ish. I started to scale it back. It wasn't as regular, but then it kind of got bingy. But yeah, I like I lost immediate ton amount of weight whenever I cut back. Like people don't realize those empty calories the way they sit on you. Like they just do not agree with you. Right. You know, biologically, you just blow up so easily. Oh man, that bush beer just hits yeah. so good though. <laughs> I know. Cole's mountain stream. Right. Oh man, it's so it's so fucking good. And I had a relapse with alcohol uh when we had well when COVID hit and then yeah. we had like a million acre fire, no joke. Right. And oh, shit. So I couldn't get outside and hike and I was just stuck inside in my own head and I started yeah. like drinking again, like sneaking, being sneaky about it. Right. And, uh, my wife finally kind of caught me, you know, yeah. and, uh, she was cool about it. You know, she knows it's more of like a disease rather than, uh, you right. know, uh, it, she, she didn't, she was upset, but she was more supportive than anything. Yeah. It's good to have that support system. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's key to success with all that. For sure. There's no question. Oh man, we would do some wild shit. Like I remember one time me and Rusty and it may have been <laughs> Schulte or Nathan Thompson and we were at a stoplight um, on Grand and I was like blacked out drunk and I hopped out of my car. We had a red light and I hopped out of the car. I think Rusty was driving and they're probably like, what the fuck is Peaky going to do? And I s- hopped on the car that was parked right next to us, got up on their windshield and just spread my ass cheeks in my salad and <laughs> and started rubbing my salad like all over their window. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Oh, that's fantastic. I hopped back in Rusty's car and he's like super mad at me like, what the fuck, dude? And there was, these, <laughs> there was this car full of like these thug dudes and they were like, we're going to, you know, they're like yeah. pointing at us like they're going to shoot us and stuff. So we had like this wild chase down the street and... Eventually, oh, shit, dude. Somehow we got we got uh, somehow we escaped. I don't know, but I I kept yeah. laughing and you know, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm alive and I could tell about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazier than a lot a lot of mine. But uh, you know, we even do stupid shit like oh, yeah. drive down the highway, driving 65 miles an hour around curves, shooting potato guns out of the car and shit. And like, I like it a little ZX2 <laughs> Escort, and it'd be rocking back and forth on the highway, you know. <laughs> Just like just stupid shit, man. It's fun though, especially looking back at back at stuff like that. Like, God, I can't believe we did all that stupid shit. But there's nothing yeah. to do. There's nothing to do growing up in you know right. like small in the small towns that we all grew up in. Right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. That's a big thing. Is you know you're just Midwestern bored kids. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. And about the age that I got drinking age too, like a lot of the breweries and wineries in the area boom. So then that just like became an excuse culture, to right. like, drive on the back roads because all that's located like, kind of out in the boonies around here for what we already are the boonies. But right. You know. Yeah, most definitely. Like yeah, even my parents encouraged me to drink, and they know that I struggle with it. They're like, they're Catholic, you know, and they're just like. Oh, why don't you have a beer with us? I'm like, I can't. Like, I I can't do it. Right. Like, I I'll, I'll get wild. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't understand. Yeah, I mean it. It's one of those things that has different effects on all people. Moderation obviously is key with anything. You know, I think that Marcus and I were even talking about this last week. You know, even with medical marijuana, like as long as people don't get stupid with it, you know, right? It it really does have its medicinal benefits, and you know, it's kind of a cure all in many respects for many different things. So. I've had to cut myself way back with it. Like I was getting to that point where it was getting re- ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like unaffordable. 
Yeah, it so. can get expensive, and at, the strains are so powerful now too. And everybody's dabbing and shit, and right. it can it can, it can yeah. send you into uh, another world. Absolutely, been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then also, obviously, it's one thing if you're I don't know, like a single guy, and you're you're gonna do some dabbing or whatever the case is. But you know, being a responsible parent, adult, you know, you have to be responsible with it too. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I don't want to have that weed scene with my kids around. So, right, you you have to keep it hidden and sort of wait till they go to bed or, um, right, right, you know, sneak outside and take a bong or something. Right. Yeah, I was pretty vigilant about that. Like, I don't like intentionally do anything in front of them, you know. But they've caught me a few times. Like outside, they saw a smoke cloud like pass by me, that sort of thing. Like, what are you doing outside, Dad? And that was always kind of weird. Yeah, I, I would assume at some point there's going to be a conversation there but you know right it's 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 odd i don't like want to encourage my kids to smoke or anything but at the same time like it i it really is medicinal for me i have like crippling social anxiety at times so yeah i can definitely help with that and it's hard to explain to kids like hey daddy is you know needs this you know but right right it's a weird thing i guess to explain to your kids I, I know that I have like some uh, bugaboos about it, if you will, just because like I came from a home of addiction. Like my my dad, unfortunately, he passed from an overdose. So, you know, like I'm always like constantly in fear that I'm going to be him. You know <laughs> that right. sort of thing. Yeah. So that that becomes quite difficult too. It's like I and and with the anxiety and things like that, I know I can be like overcritical of myself, anyways. So, like it's it's a complicated thing. I'm still trying to figure out how. We're going to approach it. You know, my oldest daughter, she's eight. She's had some more questions than my son. My son, will, he'll just ask, and then he's on to the next thing. <laughs> but uh, my, my daughter's a little bit more introspective than that, and she's a pretty critical thinker already. And uh, it, it seems like you have really cool kids just from, you know, seeing them grow up on social media. It's crazy how time flies. Yeah, for sure. And I could say the same for yours as well. It's like, it just seemed like yesterday you guys had the second one even, and I saw a big... You know they were now, so it's it's wild. Yeah, they're fortunate that they get to have me carry them up mountains, and then now miles yeah. climbs mountains. Yeah, that's for awesome. sure. And that that's another cool thing. You know, when you had your son named to Miles, you know, and all the hiking that you were doing at the time as well. I just I thought it was just the whole vibe you had going that was like mad respect for. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's um, you know, everybody is like, you got great pictures, and I'm like, it's easy to take good pictures out here because every angle is just amazing. Right, photogenic. Right. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful scenery. Good scenery. Whenever you're living in Missouri, though, you hiked some, did you not? Because like, I seem to remember seeing pictures on social media, like even back in the MySpace days. I think I was friends with you on there, and you did quite a bit of hiking at home still. Yeah, I would go to the places like you all go to, you know, um, yeah. Sil- Silver Mines, um, Haunt State Pickle Park. Springs. Tom Sock Mountain, Pickle Springs, um, all those cool places. And it's sad. I think I saw somewhere that they're going to start doing some mining near Han State Park. Yeah. So yeah. about every 30 years, allegedly, kind of in that St. Jin area, meets St. Francis County, they have this whole, somebody gets dig rights for silver. Uh, what is it? Is it cobalt? No, it's not cobalt. Um, shoot, now I can't even remember is what it, it is. Sil- it's some, like, obscure Silica, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's silica. But I guess about every 30 years, the dig rights come up for it or something to that effect, and they go through this. I didn't realize it was a whole thing until now. Hmm. Uh, my father-in-law was telling my wife about it. So, But there was like even down 32, there's like people, farmers getting creative, and they're putting their hay bales out and saying like, we don't want this mine, you know, right. s- spray paint and stuff on the side of hay bales as 
advertisements going down the road. That's good, man. I mean, is it inevitable? Is it going to happen or can, is there a vote or what's going to happen? I think it can be still stopped. Yeah. It's they, there's a proposition the that the department of natural resources hasn't stepped in with that. Well, again, it, it's, it butts into, I think, literally that entire region like it you know pickle springs goes into haunt state park but it's like literally i think it even ties into another natural area uh, i can't recall where close hmm. by it seems like all the conservatives are like you know drill baby drill until it affects their water table and then they're like oh this does absolutely so. unless it's now i think there are sacrifices still there till still yet they will make those decisions if it's going to bring you know the temporary jobs that they can banty about or right. you know income into the state or whatever the case is so everybody's got a price up in washington we actually dabbled on a little bit of that we did an open before we had you on the show and uh we we tried to do a little bit of a current events you know and everything that's going on you know what right. you mentioned you know unfortunately the recent school shooting as well and we talked about some of those statistics too like how much of that's going on and how unfortunately frequently it is and like the next closest nation was mexico and they had like 250 less than us this year something which crazy is just like absurd. that yeah you know, like they were in the single digits it's it's ridiculous man it's i mean i i'm i'm i, I have a couple of guns myself but like i forget that i even have them they're like locked up you know and then i mine too and i keep my ammunition like in a bear box like locked up in a separate room so i don't need, i haven't shot a gun in probably five years but it's like who needs an ar-15 and right right yeah, we can take more. Med- it's it, it's easier to get a gun than it is to vote in a lot of. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, it's the, you know, especially like with this kid. It's if there had been provisions such as you know background screenings or and waiting lists, yeah, you know, waiting lists. There's just anything. a lot of things that could have obviously avoided this entire issue. Yeah, most right. definitely. It blows and most my issues. Mind. Honestly, I mean, I just can't even fathom that an 18 year old can accumulate two assault style weapons and that yeah. amount of ammunition and no, not set off a red flag to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's Texas. It's like a birthright. You're 18. I know, man. It just blows my mind. <laughs> you know, that's what you get for your 18th birthday is an AR-15. and For sure. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is like the part of California I live in, like I'm about two counties south of Oregon and one county uh, west of Nevada. So we're like in the middle of nowhere and people everywhere fly the state of Jefferson flag. You can probably Google it. And uh, basically, the state of Jefferson, they want to secede from like the rest of California and be like right, this right. crazy conservative like state. Right. And it wouldn't. So there's is that kind of similar to close to the region where like a lot of the Hell's Angels people have settled into? Uh, Yeah, uh, there, there, there's a lot of Hell's Angels like. Um, yeah. Especially like in Nevada City, California and Grass Valley, California. Yeah. Which is a really cool area. It's. It's a melting pot of just conservatives, but you have a lot of like hippies too from that area. Right, right. right. I was going to say there's kind of a weird undertow of hippies too, and it's all kind of generational as to everybody kind of fled out in California, specifically like in the 70s and started growing weed and, you know. Emerald uh, Triangle. Uh, right, right. And the, and that's yeah. the region that I was trying to remember the name of earlier. Yeah, right. I lived so, um, in the Emerald Triangle for a bit. I lived on the coast for a while, which is Mendocino County. And then you right, got yeah. Trinity County and then Humboldt County. And uh, I lived right on the coast of, um, uh, not Humboldt County, but uh, Mendocino County for about a year and a half. That's awesome, man. 
Yeah. Beautiful country out there. I I recently watched that Sasquatch documentary. Uh, which <laughs> that was, was wild. It was pretty wild on Hulu. Yeah, that wasn't very did you, far. Did you catch that? I did watch that, and that wasn't far from where I lived. And it's crazy because you have all these like businesses, um, and you know that it's a front for like weed because there's no way like a sock right. a sock store is going to stay open. You know, it's just like socks. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was wild to kind of see the the whole culture up there, uh, even how it changed to present day. Because he, that journalist was going back and interviewing people decades later after he'd already been there, and I, in a lot of ways, it had a lot of similarities to this area. You know, it yeah. seemed oh definitely, yeah, definitely had, quite frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah liber- there was a lot, a lot of, of like libertarians, like kind of like stayed on my right. stayed on my business kind of people. I don't know if you find you know outside of the hiking and the, and the occasional people living out there, kind of. Where, how life's been similar for you. I know you've been, you know, you and your wife have been together for a very long time since like high school, right? Yeah, we met in, uh, damn, she was in eighth grade and I was a freshman in high school. So we started dating around then and then we got married her first year of college. So we're wow. we're going to have our 15-year wedding anniversary like next month. That's awesome, eh? Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you got to... Few years on me in the marriage department, but definitely longer in the relationship too, man. Yeah, she people don't do that. She's a great person and very supportive and uh, just a cool, a cool, um, cool gal. She, she, and the rest of the family often go on your hikes and stuff with you, you know. And and she, I believe she's a nurse, right? My wife is a, ph- uh, she's a pharmacist here in the town of Quincy. That's right. That's right. yeah, and she loves That's it, awesome. but it's also like a love hate relationship for her with pharmacy because you got you got big pharma pushing you know, people to get as much narcotics as uh, until they die, basically. Right. Yeah. You don't really even think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't even realize that was a whole, th- you know, it's kind of funny whenever you realize in your life that that sort of thing's going on and then you can't not see it right? Uh, in some respects. But like, I remember the first time, like it was just, it was, co- it's common around here in particular, you know, it's, I was at a fucking concert up at uh, Riverport. It, I, my dad took me. And there was people selling pills just like right next to us, right out in the open, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like narcotics, yeah. lore sets and Vicodin and this and that, you know? Oh yeah. I was like, dad, are, are we supposed to do something here? Like, you know, like I felt wrong for being around it, yeah, but I was like a teenager, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. I remember being in high school and all the time, like even like uh, the football players and everybody, oh, yeah. like um, everybody was trading like uh, Percocets and, and all that shit. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's Soma kind of got big whenever I was in high school, too. That was something that people would pass around. Yeah. Which, it's not what it used to be, uh, but it literally was derived from elephant tranquilizers. Jeez. Just like a very strong muscle relaxer that like, will put a human being down. Like It will stop your heart. Wow. It's that, if you, yeah, you can overdose on it very easily. Yeah, it's crazy. And now people are dying from like smoke and fentanyl and stuff. I'm like... Right. Is it really worth it? But right. you just don't know. Yeah. That's a plague here right now. Yeah. My dad kind of got on the front end of that down here. And that was one of his vices. And, uh, you know, and there's not any resources really in the area for folks. Like, you know, we tried, we took him to rehabilitation places and things like that. But like literally the closest one that was like inpatient was Cape. And right. that's, you know, hour and 30 minutes at least for Jeez, us. Yeah. And you know, you take somebody down there and you drop them off. Right. You know, it's inpatient. It's voluntary. Right. They can check themselves out. They're walking on the streets in Cape. 
you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's difficult. There's not any resources really. Yeah, for sure. And my dad, he was uh, like when I was like a little tot, I guess he wasn't in my life at that point, but he's like confided in me that like he was on meth and all kinds of shit. And he's got the ability yeah. to quit things cold turkey, which I think I inherited. But it's amazing that he was like a meth head and then just quit cold turkey. That is wild. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, we tried that with him in particular. I mean, you just you got to do stuff under the advisement of a doctor. Usually, you know, people aren't all engineered. Like, yeah. actually, most no. folks aren't, quite frankly. You know, especially when, it, especially if there's more than one vice going on there. But it's it's just a whole culture, especially here. You know, we for the while was recognized at least in the conversation for meth capital. Yeah, in particular, and then it went know, to Jefferson area. County, I think. After it was St. Francis yeah. County, it switched to Jefferson County or something wild like that. I think the the one that they actually identify as such now is like in Florida, like na- nationally. Okay, so it's changed but, now. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it's still a problem in the area. But fentanyl definitely. There's been a lot of overdoses. Uh, people think they're buying heroin too, because you know, fentanyl is being manufactured on the black market cheaper than even heroin is being produced. Right, and they're cutting it into heroin. People don't know it. And people, you know, heroin, they build up a tolerance to just like any other opioid. It takes more and more. Yeah, so it takes more and more. So people are, you know, going to get their normal dosage of heroin, but it's cut with fentanyl, almost instant OD. You know, so that's right. that's a lot of what's going on with OD-related deaths in this area. Damn, I hate to hear that. Like, it's so weird coming back because things look different. And then you see somebody you went to high school with and you're like, fuck, they look like they're 50 years old now. Yeah. Yeah, Pam and I were my wife. We were looking at you know how old our parents were compared to how we were, this or that. Like, and then strangely today, just doom scrolling on social media, I saw a picture of the people from Cheers, <laughs> and like Ted Danson was like thirty five on that show. And I was, I'm getting ready to turn thirty five, and I was like, what in the fuck? Like he looks way older than he looks I do. older than thirty five. Yeah, definitely. Sure, yeah. You know, because he's one of those guys that's kind of like aged very gracefully as well. <laughs> so. He's, he doesn't seem as old as he is in some respects. Yeah. No, definitely. I love me some Ted Danson. Yeah, I really, I was really digging bored to death. I don't know if you caught that on HBO. Like, yeah, Jason. 13 years uh, ago. Jason so. Schwartzman and uh, Ted Danson. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Zach Galvin. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was uh, based, Jonathan Ames was the main character, but Jonathan Ames is like a real guy. He's an author. And actually, I don't know if you know this, he actually has a graphic novel called The Alcoholic, and it's about him being an alcoholic. And it is fucking good as shit. Huh. Like I've got it. It's that. one of my favorite. I think it won a, a Newberry. It won a couple different awards. It may have won um, Newberry Comic of the Year and things like that. But it's excellent. It's one of the best graphic novels I've ever read. Yeah, check that out. I really like um, um, anything pertaining to uh, comic books and stuff like that. It's just um, hard to uh, get as much time for me to do that to right, to yeah. uh, nerd out on that stuff like i used to me yeah, too man life i hear you man <laughs> whenever my daughter was born like up to the point that she was born i was like avidly collect i like i had a subscription i was collecting per month and then i would pick up trades here and there if i like something you know like the actual you know thick books the graphic novels and like that just had to come to a complete halt so i've even got like boxes of stuff because like when i canceled my subscription i still had like a couple months rolling and like I have two boxes full of shit that I have not even touched still. Like <laughs> the Sa- the Sandman when it came back, Neil Gaiman, uh, I got that uh, on my subscription service, and I've got the whole series to read. And now, like if you get those individual first pressing issues, they're like, and I even bought the variants because I was like, oh, this is gonna be big. And yeah, like they're going for hundreds of dollars if mint in condition. 
Damn. Yeah. Better get them graded. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit's really cool. I used to be like into X-Men and like all the cool comics when I was, yeah. you know, like a little guy. And when you get older, now the only books I read is like children's books. Like people like, have you read this book or that book? I'm like, yeah, I know I, I, I read yeah. the last book I probably read was like uh, Wheels on the Bus or some shit to my daughter last night. Yeah. <laughs> the Hungry Caterpillar. One fish, two fish. Yeah. <laughs> Brown yeah, bear. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, not as much adult reading these days. No, not not at all for me either. Yeah. I've I've snuck in a graphic novel here and there, but it's like have to be before bed, and especially now we got the baby, it's, there's a whole routine. You know, it's like gotta have all the lights off. Can't have the phone light in her vicinity. Yeah, you know, so there's no reading other than I'm the, the lazy guy that just does the audibles. Like if I go for a long drive or something. Hey, there's nothing wrong <laughs> yeah. with that. There isn't. That's about especially the only time I get literature anymore. <laughs> yeah, audio books are awesome. My wife does them quite a bit, and I need to maybe uh. Uh, do that it just really depends on the narrator for me some narrators really keep my attention grasped you know what yeah. i mean and some are just like oh man you know but there's some good ones out there she's doing uh, mcconaughey's new book in which he reads it which i bet's awesome yeah i uh he was on howard stern and i caught a piece of that him talking about that that's pretty wild and actually seemed kind of fascinating but also oddly a he's like does some like self-help stuff in it you know, so it kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. I mean, he's like a obviously positive, cool dude, but I was like, I don't know if I want to hear a self help thing from back yeah. to the <laughs> He is on a. He's lived a pretty privileged life. <laughs> he's on another like. Um, he's he's in another dimension or something. For sure, absolutely. Like, he's he's the uh, the missing link to our next uh, evolving as human beings. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. That would be great. I tell my kids because Miles is my son. Miles is fascinated with aliens, and I'm like, well, if they are real, maybe they're here to save us because we're fucked. Yeah, now that'd be great. Like almost interstellar esque. Exactly, in some back, dude. Mike. Back to McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt. I didn't even really do that intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Old Murph. But uh, yeah, I know you guys had some. Uh, I was looking at the notes that you sent me, and you guys were interested in like some some Razor back history oh yeah we're definitely going to be getting into some of that razor business but uh i wanted to mention you know i think the first time i ever like met you i don't know necessarily an official basis but certainly would have been the last light home show i'd say oh yeah you know i'm sure we're all kind of frequent to those you. back in the day <laughs> yeah in the farmington area so now that we're like older and and uh we see each other on social media i'm like shit i should have like uh introduced myself to those guys more and um yeah last fight home shows were awesome and not waving but drowning shows were so cool i think one of my one of my more favorite shows ever was um cave in at the old creepy crawl (laughs) me and schulte and rusty were gonna go and i think marcus were gonna go anyway and i think ben called me up that day and was like uh they can't find an opener so we're gonna play and i'm like fuck this is crazy so that that is probably one of my favorite shows of all time I didn't realize that's how they came to play in it. That's wild. I, I remember Marcus always talking about having played with them, but I didn't realize the story that went. Yeah, that, that was a really. Yeah. F- it's cool to hear some backstory. That was on a really it. fun show, and I've been fortunate enough to catch uh, Old Man Gloom a few times out here, and uh, cave in on their last uh, West Coast yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah it sucks, stuff, they, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just recently. Yeah, you got that. You pre-ordered that record, didn't you? I thought. I yeah, saw it's you got, really good. Like all the fixings. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's. 
Yeah, Heavy Pendulum's fantastic. Yeah, it's one of my favorites since um, maybe Jupiter. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't like Jupiter because it's not, you know, a hardcore album. I love it. But uh, I think right. Jupiter's great. I mean, right. Antenna is not a hardcore album. Uh, Perfect Pitch Black is not, you know. So yeah, they kind of get... There's exceptions to the catalog. They definitely get kind of proggy, especially on Perfect Pitch Black and... Right. And some of those records. Yeah, they're they're at all like as far as current favorites that you know, like Cave In and Converge are my two favorites. It's gonna be hard to I, there's plenty of other bands that I love, don't get me wrong, and I right. love a lot of bands, but but they're at the I top would have too, to yeah, agree. They they bring the variety. I, both those bands to they me bring the variety. just keep doing it. And what's funny is I have yet to listen to Blood Moon because I pre ordered it and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait until I get the record. And all I my friends to- are laughing at me like just got to listen to it on Spotify. I'm like, I'm going to wait till I get it in the mail. <laughs> You're like, nope. It's not the same experience right. for sure. Yeah. I, I told myself I was going to listen to it one time and then I was going to leave it and not come back to it until I got my vinyl. So I did listen to it one time all the way through start to finish. It's good, but I know I'm going to enjoy it way more on vinyl. Right. Press I know there's a lot so of, better. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dynamic stuff that's going to just translate over that vinyl. So right. much. Yeah. Cooler. It's, um, it's uh, something I'm looking forward to to getting in the mail. It's so much vinyl backorder right now, so I don't know when I'm when I'm going to get it. Yes, I was talking to somebody that Zach Beery, who we had on the episode a couple episodes ago from Enemy Airship. He he's about about your guys' ages uh, as well. I think he knew he knew Rusty pretty well from going to college or something. Uh, he knew I think at Mac perhaps, but Zach knows Matt, uh, Rusty pretty well. But anywho, uh, he was on our show talking about because they're doing a new album and wanting to produce it on vinyl, how horrific the back catalog is like you, if you even put in an order right now and you have to have everything ready, you know, media materials, all that stuff, you might, might get a late 2023 release. Might. That's crazy, man. So you're talking almost 18 months backed up. You can blame Adele for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I read somewhere. Yeah. That, well, that's what I thought was strange. Yeah, I think I think I read somewhere that you know when she, her album just dropped, like uh, the record sales went out the roof for her new record. Yeah, she's I think the highest selling artist of this year and last already, or something wild. Uh, there's some weird stat with her. Well, that's not weird because she's ultra popular, but I will say uh, on local radio, like popular radio here, it, yeah. her songs were on constantly. Yeah, I don't even know who listens to terrestrial radio anymore. Honestly, <laughs> we, <laughs> My we wife only does. get one station out here, and it's uh, like NPR. So that's the only thing we get. Yeah, well, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll tune into that stuff occasionally still. Yeah, but even NPR has got their own podcast feed and stuff now. It's like everything's digital. Right? Yeah, and the quality, you know. It's it is what it is. It's just the way the yeah, world's turned. Sure. Back to you know us knowing you through the last flight home, guys. Obviously, Marcus went to AV. That's how I uh-huh. knew a lot of people. Essentially, was going to see his shows, and then I started playing, you know, music as well. The last flight home guys are all fucking cool as shit. And oh yeah. You got you you hooked up with them to do the Razor. Yeah, stuff, right? that was sort of kind of an accident because um, it was MySpace days, and um. That was when Rusty and Ben were messing around with Pro Tools quite a bit. And they had me like lay down a track for uh, maybe, maybe Gonna Get Cousin or something. And then the next day, yeah. I was on MySpace just doing the MySpace thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is this Razor thing? And why is my picture on it? I thought I was getting trolled or something. <laughs> and you thought they were fucking with I, you. I didn't know who was fucking with me. And uh, 
I opened it up and then there was that song. I was like, and I had to call Rusty and like, what that, what is it? What's going on? And it's like, you're in the Razor now. That's And fantastic. for the longest time, you know, it was like Razor was kind of supposed to be this like, not, not really secret necessarily, but more like, uh, let people try to guess who it is sort of. Right. 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 And I know like about that time, when do you guys put that stuff out or close to it? I should say. I started hanging out with the Shrums a little bit more. I was like going to the Cato Shrum uh-huh. House in Park Hills. And they were also doing the Palm Tree Studios uh-huh. thing to like rival the Razor just like as a joke or whatever. Uh, but they like did a song about JB, like Jessica Barton back in the day. Like she was hanging out with everybody. And I guess she got some like creepy boyfriend letter from some guy or some admirer whenever she worked at 7-Eleven. Oh, shit. I that was like stalking her and like they he left a note for her and then like the shrums got their hands on it and they just like used lines from the letter for their song that they composed <laughs> and it was just like the the actual uh stuck here waiting because i miss you miss you fuck you fuck you oh my <laughs> god dude like crazy stalkerish shit i think ben talked to me about this but he never went into detail like about the yeah. songs and those shit. dudes are hilarious yeah like that i felt like the Razor stuff definitely inspired them doing that, but it was like a cool, fun, like, you know, St. Francis County rap wars type <laughs> gimmick going on. That's where we got the recording machine was was from um, probably Matt. And I wish we could find the old yeah. tapes because the phone calls that they did are way better than any of the shit that, that we ever did. And it was just, um, fucking hilarious. I, know, I remember Matt doing this phone call, which Matt... He wouldn't think to be the guy to do this. You like, think it'd just be meeting him more so than yeah, Matt. more so than but yeah, Matt did this whole gimmick, and I think even some of the last flight home guys did this a similar type call. But the nine piece tax set, like, called in to like QVC channel, was like, "Hey, I want to order the nine piece tax set," <laughs> and just like went around in circles with like the customer service reps that they'd get, and like ask them like what the knives would do and things. Like, I think on one of the calls somebody was like talking about mer- like disemboweling people and another one was like dismembering people <laughs> you know just like <laughs> asking the most inappropriate questions about knife use it's crazy oh, how Jesus. far you can get people to go i remember one time we called this hotel and uh i told them i was a gymnastics coach and we the, and we <laughs> it was a ho- we called a hotel out of st louis and i said like hey we're in town from i don't know from like florida or something and and uh, I need one room and it's just me and like 10 teenage girls. And I'm like, we're going <laughs> to, and I got like really inappropriate with it. Like about, and the guy was like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that if you want. I'm like, just saying like the most inappropriate stuff, like what I'm going to do with these teenage girls. He was like, yeah, that, that's fine. As long as you don't break nothing, you know? Oh my God. He just kept going and going. I think, I think finally he caught on and, and hung up, but uh, that was a good one. That's He's fantastic. like, no problem, man. We'll facilitate whatever you yeah, got to do. Yeah. I know if somebody got like a good idea, somebody else would always like try and run with it too, you know? So like somebody would try to build on it, especially at the Cato Trump house. Like they would just, you know, somebody would do a bit and then somebody would escalate it to the next level. Yeah. Uh, you know, on those calls. Buggery. Yeah, I always thought Ben's phone calls were better than than what I did, and uh, he he was kind of always sort of embarrassed as of as was I. But um, looking back at it, it's it's still pretty funny shit. Yeah, he he was an incredibly funny guy too, man. I, I kind of lost touch with him over the years. Last time I had tabs on him, he was working at the barge, but uh, it was a lot of funny times with married, him in particular. He? I think yeah, he got married and had yeah, a kid. I believe, so. I believe so. So good for Ben. Ben Schulte got married. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking about Ben Shrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we were kind of stuck on the Shrum talk. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Ben Shrum in a long time. You know, we were both working on riverboats at the same time, like in St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Different companies. And uh, yeah, we were riverboat boys. Yeah, I knew like, That's I remember job. Rusty going to do that. And that was kind of a whole thing. Like it like affected Last Flight Home's ability to play shows or something to that ilk. Like, that's how I, I didn't even like realize that was a profession until that point. I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense. And then it seemed like a whole flurry of people started, you know, doing that work from this area. Yeah. My stepfather is like still working on the river. He's like a riverboat captain. And basically he goes from St. Genevieve to New Orleans and back. That's like his run. Oh, wow. wow. I think he works for like 28 days straight and then 14 days off, 28 28 on 14 off you know that's yeah wild. that's that's a hard run man especially as you get in your later years right yeah the older you get i couldn't imagine how hard that gets on you i did one month of like of that and then i had my 14 days off and the day i was supposed to go back my wife just like cried and cried and i was like fuck this shit right yeah and then i ended up working in the st louis harbor where you were home every night which was even harder work and shittier work what did you do there exactly uh basically you have a tugboat that's like your tugboat your crew and the lowest man on the totem pole is like a deckhand i was a deckhand and then you have your mate and then you have like your captain and basically what you're doing is a stringing together barges all day and you just use like real heavy duty wire and ratchets to like string together barges and then a bigger tugboat will come along, like the ones that leave for like 28 days at a time. And they'll take like, depending on how, how high the river level is, you can push 30 barges at a time, like southbound. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, that's like what my stepfather does. Yeah. Well, that's another thing you don't consider is how much the river can actually take on it at any given point, depending on the on the actual level of it. Yeah. If the river's up, you know, especially in the springtime, you can get from like St. Genevieve to New Orleans in like, I think like seven, eight days. That's pretty wild. Yeah. You don't really think about that. So that whole 28 day run that you're on, like you're literally working every day, like you're gone for that period of time. Yeah. And then while you're on the boat, you work six hours and then you go knock on your relief. The other deck can, uh, you knock on the door like, Hey, get up. You got to go to work. My turn to sleep. And six on, six off, six on, six off. That's crazy. Oh my God, dude. That's, that's relentless, dude. I couldn't do it. I'll be honest with you. I could not do that work. I did it for a month and I was like, fuck this. And it was good money and good in- and good insurance right. too, but. I mean, it, it'd have to be because it's such a crazy schedule. Yeah. That, money that is. Yeah. And it paid good. It would be a great single man job. Like, cause those 14 days I would just travel, but most of the guys just come home and get drunk and blow their money on whatever, you know, beer, beer and cigs. Right. Beer cigs. Pack of reds and a. <laughs> case of bush beer baby hell yeah some chaw yeah they, this buddy, boy's chawing right next to us right now <laughs> <laughs> old Adams. grizzly adams over here yeah i i do a little bit of snuff from time to time where it's like yeah the old school kind that you have to like you know snort yeah. and i always get get funny looks when i do that uh, snuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah folks think you're hitting some cocaine or some shit yeah yeah for sure don't worry it's black lady <laughs> yeah it's yeah. So I didn't even realize that the Razor did as much stuff as it did. I didn't either. Like I didn't realize how like, much content there I, really cause was. I had to hit you up. I did have a bunch of songs on my old iPod, but when I hit you up, I was like, Hey man, you got some Razor tracks that we can use? And then you sent me that Bandcamp page. So I've been pumping that link for people to check it out. Yeah. And then there's some still some timeless stuff there. Rusty's gonna he just took down all like all the raw phone calls and he wants to like fuck with them. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm excited to see what that turns out to be. Oh, hell yeah. Almost almost kind of like, uh, was that Longmont, Longmont Potion Castle? Is that how you say it? Yeah. You, you, you've listened to that? Yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of wants to go that direction with it, sort of, and, That's and cool. really manipulate it. That's cool. I know Ain't Too Choosy was a, a, yeah. a, a hit amongst a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> Ain't Too Choosy was definitely of my favorite. I mean, we would literally sing it at our band practices even back in the day. Josh right. and I were briefly at a band together. Like, we just constantly, like, we take breaks and we go listen to Razor. <laughs> That's exactly what we were doing back in the day. The, the, goal, the goal was to just suck as bad as we could. And uh, we achieved that. <laughs> and a few fans along the way so i i'm amazed that uh i personally like the phone calls the best but the songs are pretty sweet and uh yeah mainly because mainly rusty is, is is the is the engineer one behind fucks it. with all that yeah and i just come up with the skankiest lyrics i can think of and, <laughs> right um right the most obscene shit when, when you live in southeast missouri you have you have all the inspiration you need. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So that's, you know, a very good reason why, like, it, it struck a chord with me immediately because, you know, like, lyrics, like, I'm going to go get Cousin, like, how many times have I heard that, like, in a, like, a rat kid fight? Like, right. a bunch of bum yep. kids at school. It's like, I'm going to go get Cousin, man. He's going to show you how it is, man. <laughs> you know, things of that ilk. Yeah, so it, it spoke to me. <laughs> yeah most definitely that's how that would that's exactly how that came about like i'm gonna get my cousin he's gonna whoop your ass yeah yeah definitely so that 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 was pretty famous with my crowd of friends uh of course you had the phone calls you alluded to earlier which one of those snuck and made its way on the last flight home album fantastic uh, work you know the mess sandwiches one which is just iconic yeah rest in peace skinny's diner in perryville right yeah absolutely right. Yeah, there was one in Jackson-ish, too. That was the last one. And it's gone? Yeah, and it, it's closed now. Wow. But oh, man. I, and I ate at it right before it closed, too. But I, I told my wife all about the whole Skinny's mess sandwiches thing. She didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, you got to you gotta hear this. So she's heard it a million yeah. times over the years, too. I actually uh, purchased that last Flight Home album. And so I have the, the oh. whole album on my phone. So sometimes when I shuffle, that comes on, dude. It's always a real treat. So. Yeah. <laughs> Except on the last Flight Home one, it's edited to shit. Yeah. 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 We didn't. Yeah, they didn't expect that. And then when they got when they got it, it was like, oh, man, they beeped everything. So um, it kind of leaves you wondering what I'm saying, unless you've heard the actual version, you know. I had actually heard the real version. So whenever I heard that on the record... That was even funnier to me for some reason right. for a while. Like I was like, oh, they just totally because when I first heard it, I didn't know the story behind it. And so I was like, oh, they're just like beeping this because a they don't want to get in trouble. But also, if you've heard it before, you know what he's saying. But also you're leaving people to infer what he might be saying, which is also <laughs> another level of comedy. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I got, too, from talking to people is like I was kind of sad that it was edited. And then a lot of people were like, oh, we love it because uh, of all these different reasons, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool that I got to to be on that album. I guess it's a really solid EP. Oh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. I still jam it. Yeah, day. we were even talking before you got on the call about how much we loved Marcus's bass lines in particular. Dude, just I had a real of... fanboy thing for Last Flight Home. I don't know if it was yeah. just because like it, the scene at that time was such a popular thing, and they were like probably the best thing in the scene. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I had a real fanboy like type thing with all them boys for a while yeah. <laughs> as creepy as that sounds no i mean they're 
some of my best friends and I was totally obsessed with like that EP and so excited for it to come out. Right. And I'm, I remember riding around with Ben Schulte in Fredericktown and I think he was on a SIG run and he was like, Hey, here's like, we're going to listen to it before, you know, it, it actually comes out. And I'm like, this is so yeah. good. And, uh, Ben being Ben, he was pretty critical of it, but I, I think it's fucking great. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Work. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, like he said, we still listen to it today. Yeah, we well, obviously we day. use it in our promotional materials uh, for the show. You know, we're and I was telling Marcus this last week too, but Last Flight Home is a huge bonding thing for he and I specifically, right? Huh? So it's just like bred in. It needs to be bred into our show because that was our our prime first bonding moments was like right. going to Last Flight Home shows together. You know, the Last Flight Home CD release show we worked at Nate worked with the people at Nature's Cup at that time. You know, right. uh, we're involved with like asking some of the bands to come down and play that at, as well. Which they were always down. They were always down. I remember seeing all you guys at those shows, and um, I, you know, I think they probably would have lasted longer if they, you know, Calvin was getting older, and he did his thing with not waving, and I think they just couldn't really find a drummer that just was as good as Calvin. Like, how do you find a drummer as good as Calvin? Right. Right. I don't know if that's the case, but um. I wish they would have made a full length after the EP, but yeah. it is what it is. Right. I know old Fredertown boy Randy Busky toured with them. I was going to say, like yep. they're on that Randy on came that in. album. Yeah. Roast beef. Yep. Yeah. The roast beef. The roast beef. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, He's a good dude. I ran into I like him Randy. at a Dinosaur Junior show. Um, oh, nice. This is like right before the pandemic. Yeah. There's a new venue on Del Mar Loop, Del Mar Hall, which is pretty dope. And I ran into him there. Uh, Cloud Nothing's open. Do you remember? Uh, oh, man. Do you remember yeah. the house my mom owned out on H Highway in Farmington? Yeah. It yeah. was like kind of like a giant. Yeah. You know, we practiced in it. was more like yeah. a giant building, but it had a house inside the building. Well, she had rented that. Well, Randy came out on that last night. We partied out there. She had a, my mom had moved out and had all of her stuff out. And we had a party out there. And me and him got drunk and burnt the doghouse that the guy owned out there <laughs> on the on the brush pile. So that was a pretty cool memory with Randy. That sounds like roast beef. I love that dude. <laughs> I, this is Barrett. From the ATI podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick and mortar mom and pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support. And as always, please stay safe out there. I don't think it likes you. Boy. I think it's all that Pornhub is fucking with <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, back to the Razor. And yeah, sorry about the... Uh... Delayed. It's all good. I know you guys are both dads, and it's pretty late there in Missouri. So once ah. again, it's all good. This man. is our we, night, man. We, Thursday nights. Yeah, Thursday nights we get our dad pass. So oh, nice. This is what we spend it on. Nice. I'm gonna watch the Warriors game later, but I got that recording. So yeah, oh, my boy's oh, obsessed. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Steph Curry. He's one of my faves. Ian is obsessed. And their He's coach. Got... How can you not be a fan of Steve Kerr? Right. Yeah, I was a Kerr fan. You know when he would play for the Bulls. Bulls. And... Hell yeah.
Spurs. Spurs, yeah. People forget yeah. that he played for the Spurs. Yeah, had good years in, with the Spurs as well. Um, well, we're just kind of wrapping up kind of the fact that you guys were on the Last Flight Home EP and just kind of what people's thoughts were at the time, like why the bleeps in there, the editing and that sort of stuff. But did you guys continue to do stuff after that? Because I just kind of fell off of my awareness, I think. Kind of hard for me to remember too, honestly, because it was like such a joke and we wanted it to suck so bad. I think, but people loved it too much. <laughs> yeah, I think the last proper song we put out. Now, I mean, they did. Rusty did two songs with Grandpa Smoke, which is a friend of ours, Taylor Fall, and um, those were like 2015 or 16. Okay. So yeah, that's the last songs we put out. We wanted to do more phone calls, and I actually wrote a song like probably 15 years ago, and it was called Truck Stop Fuck Shop. <laughs> and um i just can't wonder get, what that's about <laughs> I, can't get past, I can't really get past the um the chorus which is like i'm at the truck stop fuck shop getting a toy for my little bitty itty bitty baby boy <laughs> and and that's all i really got <laughs> so if you all can help me with that i would be grateful oh you're coming to the right department especially <laughs> at this hour usually at night <laughs> uh, oh yeah it's um truck stop fuck shop would be our next song if we ever do one uh, you know a live show would be hilarious we always talk about it. yeah i was gonna say that'd be great hey i know you know better drummers than me but i'll volunteer to play could you go by the yeah. alias cousin absolutely yeah. and that funny story about the alias cousin further so Marcus and I used to go to First Walk all the time together in Ridge. And we all had long hair at the same time. All had our shitty beards and so on and so forth. All wearing black band t-shirts and torn up jeans. So Jeff from First Walk would always recognize us all as cousin. <laughs> What's up, cousin? That we were all cousins with What's each up, other, cousin? according to him. But like we all looked the same to him, mm-hmm. you know? So it was kind of ironic in that regard. Right. <laughs> you know? Everybody looked like a stereotypical white kid. Yeah. You know I mean, so I loved it. I mean, it was like, yeah, hell yeah, that's hilarious. You know, so we would like recognize each other as cousin occasionally. Marcus is a good dude. I ran into him last summer at a Cardinals game just randomly. So we sat next to each other and, and hung oh, out nice. and talked about music and stuff. Uh, I love Marcus. One of a funny story I got to tell you is the last flight home invited me to a show in Indiana one time. And they were big in a lot of these small towns in Indiana. And uh, they played like at a VFW hall or some shit. And uh, I didn't know anybody, but like Rusty and Calvin obviously knew like all these people. I think Calico System played. And um, so we get there like really early, like it's 12 o'clock, but we're already drinking bush beer. Like, and uh, um, Calvin, I don't, he might not drink. I don't know if he does drink, but at the time Calvin didn't drink, Ben didn't drink. And they were kind of like, like they're, they're kind of getting a little rowdy, you know. You could tell that they were sort of kind yeah. of not digging how much we were drinking. <laughs> and uh, anyways, we go into this VFW hall and all these bands are mingling and it's kind of a scene, obviously. And I didn't know anybody. So I like sit down on this like table that has a telephone on it and a big telephone book. And I'm just like sitting there just kind of staring at the ground like I didn't know anybody. So I'm just like kind of minding my own business. And this dude from this other band, like obviously had a big ego or something. Like he like walks up to me, like looks me dead in the eye and grabs the phone book and just like starts ripping out pages. Like right like some kind of like male dominance move or some bullshit. Oh my God. 
I didn't chest. Do yeah, I didn't do anything about it. Like I was like, well, I don't know what I don't know what's this guy smoking. And as the night progressed, I had kept drinking and drinking and like thinking about it and getting madder about it. Yeah, <laughs> boiling. I think I may have told Rusty. I probably told Rusty like at some point, like I'm gonna whip that motherfucker's ass. And I'm not a fighter. Like I just yeah. don't. Um, I, I love UFC. I think wrestling is cool as shit. But uh, like when it comes down to it, like I'd probably get my ass kicked by anybody. But I was still mad nonetheless. And uh, so I think Calico system was wrapping up and putting their shit away. But like at that point, it had turned into like a full blown party. You know, like all these teenagers are like drinking and partying. And um, this kid's just like strutting around. And I walk up to him and I think I said, like, I heard you called me dirt. And he like looked at me and kept laughing. <laughs> and uh, I just headbutted him like right kind of in the note, like in the bridge of his nose. And oh my God. he just starts like bleeding profusely. And oh, I, shit. I'm just like laughing really fucking hard. And uh, I make my way outside and I'm just like laughing and I crack a bush beer open and I'm sort of celebrating, I guess. And this kid and all his like Indiana posses run out and they're like, like, it's on motherfucker. And, you know, Rusty's like a big dude. Right. And Calvin is such a gentle dude, like a, just a good dude. I love Calvin. And he just wants to keep the peace, you know. So I think at some point, my memory's blurry, but he was like, no, guys, like, we don't want this. And uh, Rusty was drunk, too, or uh, at least getting there. And sure. he gets in front of me. He's like, no, you got to go through me first. And then our other friend, Daniel Beatty, which is even bigger than Rusty. Daniel Beatty's yeah. a big boy, if you know Daniel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Old Beatty. Yeah, he steps in front of Rusty and grabs that kid by the fucking throat and, like, puts him up against either somebody's tour van or against, like, this VFW hall um, wall and is, like, choking him, you know? And um, I'm still just, like, laughing. Kind of like <laughs> kind of like I was laughing when I put my salad up on that person's windshield. And um, so somebody starts saying, like, cops are coming, blah, 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 you know? And all I can remember is like kind of hopping in the van and uh, heading over to uh, this guy that's acquaintance with Rusty and Nathan. I'm sure you've seen him at shows. Cade. Cade Holt? Yep. Yep. Good dude. And uh, so we just kind of, uh, I think we probably hit up a Denny's first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we went to Cade's house and, and, and we still like to laugh about that. Um, that was fucking hilarious. And I still don't know why that, that guy just decided to... Um, you know, rip that phone book right. Take exception with you. Yeah, yeah. What a wild move. I can't say I've ever I've heard of some power moves, but the whole phone book and the ripping in the face. Just why thing, though, you know? <laughs> you know. Inspirational Christian message at a gymnasium in my high school. Yeah, sure. I could see it, you know. Yeah. Tearing some sure. phone books. <laughs> he definitely but, had the hair straightener look going on. Like oh uh, my. over like emo thing. And uh the sunny more. At that point yeah, yeah. At that point, I was already <laughs> balding, so I couldn't do that anyway. I would probably go to straighten my hair and rip out half of it and look like Bill Murray. <laughs> Kingpin. Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I never, I never really rocked the emo cut. I just didn't have the hair for it. But this dude had like the the total like hot topic look. Yeah. That's probably the only time I've like got the best of somebody was uh, headbutting him right in the right Damn. in the nose, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think it kind of upset Calvin because he, is, like I said, I'm sure as you guys know, he's just like a really good dude and wants no confrontation. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. He's and one I think of Marcus is kind of like, 
you know, Marcus is a really good dude too. And I don't really think he's much of a, you know, a fighter either. And he was like, oh, like, and the Calico dudes, they were kind of like, I think sort of cheering us on. Yeah. But uh, that, that was a pretty, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty memorable night. It's weird how, you know, the Farmington kids and the AV kids and Park Hill kids liked Last Flight Home more than like the Frederictown kids. Yeah. I guess I didn't really realize that. Yeah. Like the, we had, I don't know, you guys remember Shiver? Yes. And then yeah, there was also like, like a metal. Christian band with like. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. They were definitely like metal. So there was like a, the rivalry between like Shiver and Last Flight Home. I don't think it was like an official rivalry, but sort of sure. unofficial, like new metal versus like, you know, an emo band, I guess. And yeah. uh, so everybody in Frederictown was behind the times and still was like into Jinkos and like new metal when, right. when the big city kids from Farmington were like uh, into emo before everybody else. Right. That's well, there's I a lot of you know, formative ba- like bands that were on the rise that even came through this area. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. Like open hand, right. like fucking shun. Yep. I remember seeing shun, and I was just like, this, this is a cool shit I've ever seen. Like, I, I didn't even know this kind of music existed. Yeah. And then I went down the rabbit hole of, like, Dredge and all that cool shit. Right. Yeah, Dredge. I think a guy from Shun was in that Pilot's Wish band. I could be wrong. Or one I, I think you're right. Yeah, and we we played with them a few times, but they were really cool people. Like, a, it was, like, a husband and wife and then, like, a brother-sister's thing. thing. It was, like, the late one of the chicks was married to the guy in the band and then the rest of them are siblings. Matter of fact, I've got their poster. Yeah, yeah. Where, where was Shun from? I want to say Philadelphia-ish area, but I know somewhere close to the East Coast, I want to say. Tennessee, maybe. That band was so cool. A lot of cool bands came through Farmington, like the VFW Hall and yeah. uh, the Nature's Cup. Felix Culpa played Nature's Cup. There was several bands, Bob Reno's too, that were kind of, that kind of blew up too. Yeah. Well, it didn't like... Bands like My Chemical Romance or some Fallout Boy, I think, something played, played Bob's. Yeah. I think Silverstein. I think that was Joey O'Farrell type shows that he threw down here. But Joey was good at that shit. He's good at booking. Uh, he's doing great now. He's doing independent wrestling at the pageant. He's got his own little promotion going. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to see that like wrestling is blowing up again, yeah. and it's like something cool. It's something good to do that's not like meth related, oh, you know. <laughs> and I think that, I think that's why ultimately we did the Razor is because we all had a disdain for like seeing all these people and friends that we knew and loved like absolutely get into the meth scene and that's probably why everybody's still like new metal too it's so methy right (laughs) um we i think it was an outlet for us to like say like fuck you meth people or something like that right sure absolutely that was definitely that was how we took it too as fans of the razor you know and us having to deal with it a lot ourselves down in av to you know, we 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 tried to find the humor in it because yeah, I mean you got to otherwise you know right. you can be a complete negative person or let it bear down on you. Yeah, you to find the lighthearted moments in it. Yeah, most so definitely. your characterizations of some of those folks was definitely comedic gold for us. I I, I need to get into more. I guess I got to go to the band camp of like your band and like uh, Dire Babe is so fucking good, and Russie's always like on my ass about like oh you got to listen to more. Um, your friend Zach's band. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's Anime fantastic. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, those guys have gotten to be. I mean, they always were good musicians, but they've just this Zach's stuff, really obsessed with kind of the engineering piece too, and he's a multi instrumental artist. Like he can play everything, 
and he actually recorded the Meyer Giants albums. We were the very first band he recorded, our first EP. And then he did our second, and that was exponentially better because he got more more equipment and you know learned from what he did previously. And we we did have another catalog of songs. We had like nine songs that we could have went and recorded or so. And we always kind of wanted to redo a couple older ones too to put a fresher spin on them. But Zach was Zach was like an honorary fourth member of Meyer Giants, so we he's a brother to us. We love him. That shit's really good. I listened to, I think it was your second EP quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I got to start listening. I got to download the whole catalog because I like everything that is a Jake. Yeah. That yeah. Does. yeah. Yeah. He seems like a good dude. And I think I ran into Zach and you uh, yes. maybe two or three years ago at an Appleseed cast show where, yes. um, damn it, what's Calvin? What was the the little uh, Calvin's like offshoot, not waiting oh, man. Time and time. No, no, it no. It wasn't time and time. It was, um, it's with basically sh- everybody from not waiting. Except, except for Todd. Todd. Yeah. God, um, I cannot remember the name of it. Flow Clinic. Flow Clinic. Flow that's Clinic. right. Yeah. Flow yep. Clinic's awesome. And then now Justin's doing his ambient shit, which is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw he's getting a lot of plays on Spotify and stuff. Like he posted his year in stats last year. I, I feel like he was in the hundreds of thousands of streams. Oh, which, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, At least. so many good musicians from the Farmington area, Fredericktown area, Arcadia Valley, Central. And it's a shame that, like, looking back on it, we all didn't, like, mingle more, you know? Right. Yeah. I feel for, I'm, I'm younger than Rusty and those guys, and I'm fortunate that they kind of took me under their wing. I don't know what they saw in me. Yeah. They just took me under their wing and was like, hang out with us. And, you know, so I always did. Yeah. And they always bought me beer. Right. Yeah, that's kind of it was that way for us in many ways. That's kind of how it was for Last Flight Home with me, too. I was coming into the music scene, and they were kind of more established, and I kind of looked up to them, you know what I mean? Like, what they were doing and stuff. So those guys were older than me, so it was cool to have that during that time, you know what I mean? Yeah, Rusty's so cool, and we still say, like, pretty close. And uh, he's so humble, you know? Like, he doesn't realize, like, how good his shit is. Like, you talk to him about it, and he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, his vocal work is fantastic. He's I've always loved everything that he's ever done, and uh, I know for a while he was still yet recording music and posting it up. And I feel like he and I were even talking about was it like acoustic works? Uh, Some of it was. Yeah, I mean it was it was him yeah. doing all the music. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, it was. I really remember good. that. Yeah, and I think like his brother we were too. even yeah, and his yeah his brother, and we were like trying to. I think it was like right at the end of Meyer Giants doing stuff or like. Meyer Giants never broke up. We're like on indefinite hiatus, I guess. <laughs> like Ridge and I have been talking about maybe doing something again, but Jake's Dire Babe stuff, I mean, he he just kind of went in a different direction and it's excellent. I'm a fan of it. Like I listened yeah. to, especially the last album that he did. I just am obsessed with it. It's some of the yeah. best stuff I've ever, I've always been a fan of him. That's how I ended up, his music. So that's how I ended up playing with him. Like I weasel my way into playing I guess technically what started is like like John Henry, but ended up being Lay of the Land, and then yeah, that just kind of just morphed and morphed and morphed and morphed over the years. But uh, I weasel my way into playing with him because I was just like such a fan of <laughs> right of everything that he did. Yeah, I know Rusty is is always telling me to listen to his stuff, and I finally got the time to do it, and I was like, "Fuck, this shit's good." And I think he was the one that ultimately was like, you know, got to listen to like your band and and so many good bands that I even got into. It'd be so cool. I know it's like everybody's off, especially all over the United States, but it'd just be so cool if there was some way to throw an old style, you know, Farmington show at least one more time. Right. Yeah. 
maybe like we could have the first Razor show ever and then yeah that'd be the catalyst yeah. for it <laughs> yeah that'd be fantastic and obviously we would try to suck as bad as we could you know oh, yeah with, with cancel culture it, me and rusty were talking like that would be razor's goal now is to get canceled it wouldn't yes. take long at all right oh yeah, you'd be popping up in the river i don't know man like uh <laughs> the proud boys and the one percenters would probably show up in q and on fucks and be like oh this is our favorite band like it probably yeah. they think it's like real yeah, yeah when trump gets reelected, like they'll get they'll do the inauguration the razor <laughs> yeah sure like ain't too choosy will be like his like walk on campaign slogan yeah. yes. when truck, truck stop fuck shop will drop yeah, yeah that'll sure. that'll definitely be the new national that. anthem we gotta premiere sure. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well nowadays technology like it'd be so easy for to even do everything remotely at least to start you know Everybody could pass files back and forth and get yeah, something sure. popping. In the digital age, for sure, it'd be easy to do. That, yeah, that's why I give all credit to Rusty because I am so bad with like anything um, computer related. And uh, so Rusty, like I said, when I even discovered a browser, like Rusty had already set it all up. And I'm like, what the fuck? This shit's hilarious. And I'm like, at first, like I said, I thought I was being trolled or something. Yeah. And maybe I am. Maybe Rusty's still trolling me and he's just in on that's, it. Yeah, that's what this has been the whole it's time. The he's just been trolling you. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Surprise, motherfucker. We were never friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah, he's a good dude. And um, he came out to see me when I still lived on the coast. And, and then I've maybe seen him a handful of times since then. I was going to say, I felt like I saw some pictures a few years ago of you guys reconnecting out there. Yeah, I think... Uh, we just basically played football on the beach like every day, like just play catch. That's, That's awesome. Dope. <laughs> we just go on the beach. He's in Florida, right? Yes, he's in Florida. So you guys like are literally on the extreme opposite ends. Yeah, of the we're on the opposite continent. End. I don't know when we'll touch base again. I usually try to see Calvin every time I'm in town. Yeah, Calvin's the man. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see Marcus by accident at the last Cardinals game I went to. Yeah. yeah, a lot of good people that I don't get to see anymore. That's one thing that sucks about living out here is I miss like my friends and and the music scene. And yeah, Cardinals baseball for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously you ended up out there because, uh, in part, your wife found work out there. But like, what? Why there specifically? How did you end up there? How did you end up in California? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, good question. Um, so when I was a youngster, um, my dad um, would take me to Colorado every summer, like we'd go hiking, whitewater rafting, and we would always climb like a 14,000 foot mountain right around the outskirts of Colorado Springs. Like we would go up Pikes Peak and then we would like climb Mount Elbert, which is the tallest mountain in Colorado. Yeah. And I think that was my first taste of like, wow, I, when I grow up, I want to live in the mountains. And so when my wife graduated from pharmacy school in St. Louis, uh, they needed pharmacists in rural California and we're like, let's do it. So here we are. Right. Awesome. Pulled the trigger and just did it. That's awesome, man. But when I first moved out here, I was pretty overweight and drinking very heavily. And then, like I said, I quit drinking cold turkey like 2014. Yeah. And dropped about 50 pounds really quick. And I started hiking. Wow. A lot. I didn't know the Sierras had mountains that were bigger than the Rockies. I just thought the Rockies right. were the were the had the biggest mountain in, in the in the lower 48 but the biggest mountain lower 48 is mount whitney and uh, so i'm like i'm gonna do this you know so um i got the lottery permit did mount whitney one day it was like a 22 mile day wow i think about four thousand feet of elevation gain um i did it fairly easy but i 
I was exercising every day anyway and already bagging, climbing mountains and whatnot. Yeah. But I wasn't camping. I was just like bagging peaks, coming down. And when I did Mount Whitney, uh, 2017, you're on the John Muir Trail for a little while. And I was like, what's the John Muir Trail? So when I got down off the mountain, I did some research and I was like, oh, you start in the Yosemite Valley. It's beautiful. And then you end at Mount Whitney. And my wife being awesome like she is, she's like, how about my mom comes to California, watches the kids and you get in on the lottery and, and do it. So I did. And it was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. That's incredible. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's up, down, up, down. I mean, you start in the Yosemite Valley, which is 4,000 feet. And by the end of day one, you're on top of Half Dome, which is just shy of 10,000 feet. So day one, you gain like 6,000 feet. That's crazy. I didn't know. I'm kind of oblivious to like the new trends of like of um, hiking gear. So all these people have this like lightweight shit in their bags are literally like 20 to 15 pounds. And I'm, I have this bag that's like 40 pounds. 40 pound like rucksack. Old, <laughs> old either, like, yeah, old, old school shit my dad gave me. Like an old school backpack my dad gave me. Like pots and pans look like a fucking hobbit. <laughs> I kept having people being like, now you ain't going to make it, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I did I did fairly well. I did it in about 14 days, 233 miles. Wow. Eventually, I think I would like to do the Colorado Trail, mm. which I think is just over 500 Wow, but childcare is hard. I'm sure you guys sure. know to do things oh, like yeah. that. Absolutely. But at 37, or am I 36? 37, 36. I think I'm 36. Uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, honestly. But I make it a priority to work out every day, exercise every day. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, but I get up at like four every morning, right. make coffee, make the kids breakfast, and do my fucking workout. It's like I got to do it, or my day's yeah. not right. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, I, you know what I'd eventually like to do is the Ozark Trail. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, there's a lot of folks that do that. Know that the trail that there's also just a specific path that goes from Johnson Shuttons up to the Tom Sock Mountain that a lot of folks do. Just that run in and of itself. Have you ever done that down here? Yeah, me and my dad did that run in high school. We started at Tom Sock Mountain, which we know where the park, parking lot is, right? And then we just hiked down to the Devil's Toll Gate, and then we just keep going and. We got to Johnson shut-ins, which was nice because it was super hot, fucking covered in ticks and hopped in the water. Yeah. Right. And that was before the dam broke. Right. Yeah. yeah. The reservoir broke down here and it just totally changed the complexion of all that. That's crazy. Um, it was crazy about that dam breaking is my dad called me the morning it happened. He was like, turn on KFES 12. Mm -hmm. The fucking dam broke. I'm like, what are you talking about, dad? So I turn on the TV and sure enough, that dam broke. He's like, let's go sneak in there and check it out I'm like, I'm like dad we're gonna get caught like i'm sure it's swarming with like park rangers and whatnot he's like no we'll just like come in the back way on the ozark trail not like the main parking lot and we did that and we walked in and seen all the destruction yeah and he's like he's like let's just let's just take the river back to the road because it'll be faster and as soon as where the river meets the road there was like a park ranger waiting oh, shit. oh wow we both got trespassing tickets I had to take a day off work and go to Centralia and oh, meet their prosecuting attorney and pay him like 600 bucks. And it just got like, uh, like littering or some shit. Yeah, Damn, man. Wow, dude. That's, that's ridiculous. Fucked. But yeah, that's wild, man. I, I tell you what, though, 
California is beautiful. Like the Rockies are beautiful. But as far as like floating rivers go, I still think Missouri has some of the best oh, yeah. rivers in the country. Yeah, you, you hear that just... from tons of people. Like, you know, people, the Jack's Fork, you know, expedition folks come down just for that specifically. Right. I mean, and you got Current River it's... down here. You got Who's All. You know what I mean? Right. You got, you know. And it's it's all relatively in the same area. Right. Too. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Like, I, I, I want to go on a float trip so bad in Missouri. It's like. Our rivers out here are beautiful, but they're so fucking cold. Like, it's just so cold, all that snow melt. Yeah. Right? And you just don't have that constant flow of water like you do in Missouri. Right. In Missouri, too, like, I've never done a fall float. I want to. But, you know, there's even an attraction for folks to travel intercontinentally just to do fall floats down in this area. It's beautiful down here in the fall, so I could see that being an attraction. Yeah, seeing this, the seasons change, the cheese, you know, the trees brown and so on and so forth. Especially in Missouri, like, that's one thing I don't miss, though, is the summertime is like all the fucking ticks and the poison ivy. See yeah. ticks and shit. Humidity. You just as soon as I step off the airplane, it's just like the red ass kicks in. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I got the constant swamp ass. That's what I've been. It's like, where did this mud butt come from? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not good shit. The allergies here, too. Sure. It's just horrendous. Yeah. That's one thing that you'll notice whenever you go into those high altitude climates like that. Like when the first time I went out to Colorado... I have in 2011. I was like, I gotta, I gotta live here. Yeah, I, I, we still fantasize about it, but like, I, I could just feel all like my sinus drainages like emptying out, and it was like 97 there, but 97 there versus here, it was like almost a 10 degree difference because there's right. zero humidity, relative you know, humidity. Really, the the only thing that you have to worry about up there is because of the elevation, you're closer to the sun. Air's a little thinner, you know those two things. But with the exception of that, even like we were there in October one year. And it snowed. It was manageable because they have the faculties and the facilities to handle those situations. It's not like here. Right. When it snows. And everybody's, you know, SOL, two inches on the ground. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I've noticed with climate change, just in the five years I've lived here in the Sierras, like, they had never had a fire bigger than, like, 2,000 acres. And the year I moved here, there was, like, an arsonist uh, set of fire. It was, like, 4,000 acres. That seems pretty fucking big. And then like the next year, like a lightning strike caused like a hundred thousand acre fire. And then the next year we had like a 250,000 acre fire. And then this past year we had like the biggest fire in recorded history, which was just under a million acres. And it was like right out my window. We had to evacuate for a month. Wasn't it bigger than Rhode Island or something crazy like that? Like the destruction area? It was huge. Like every day you, that's when I had my relapse too, because, um, every day you would look at your back window and it looked like a nuclear war, like a nuclear bomb had been dropped Jesus! and you could just see it moving, you know, and then the smoke would roll in and you could literally smell like houses and stuff, you know, and it was so fucking depressing. And, um, I can't blame, I can only blame myself for my relapse, but that sure as fuck didn't help. Right. No. Yeah. Like I, if any situation is understandable, that one certainly is, you know, being cooped up and then fear of, perhaps losing your home i mean my god right yeah you know we just got the fuck out of town and my wife last year around this time was like we should get a camper for fun and in case we got to evacuate yeah and it we had the camper no less than like two months and we took it up to oregon to uh, a friend named paul gwynn paul gwynn's a federal town boy okay. his sister's nikki okay uh, you know nikki nikki lindberry yeah oh yeah sure do yeah, okay. that's his. So yeah, Paul was kind enough to let me put his my camper like Uncle Eddie style in his yard. That's awesome. 
I didn't realize that's, that's cool. where you went. Yeah. It worked out. You know, looking back on it, it was like there was a lot of fear for your house and your friends. Yeah. Right. But yeah. our family was like all close together in that little camper and we had a lot of good sure. laughs and good memories. Right. And we were able to un unhook my camper and just go explore that part of the country. Like yeah. the cat the Cascades of Oregon there is gorgeous. Hell and the yeah. coast of Oregon is gorgeous. Right. Yeah, some of the most beautiful scapes I've ever seen are out of the Oregon area, specifically Southern Washington State, up in yeah, Northern Oregon, yeah. in coastal Oregon. Yeah, old uh, Riley, he's a Fredertown boy. I think he's friends with Rusty's oh, Riley's younger cool brother. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he's up in that area, and he's always going to awesome places and hanging lakes and stuff like that. And he's been putting up a lot of fascinating pictures lately too, because uh, I think he's dating a gal from Poland, and so he's been going over there too. That's awesome. Yeah, Raleigh's a cool dude. I think he's in uh, was a Mighty Missoula. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I love that band. Yeah, there's a lot of cool post rock bands from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic musician too. He's multi talented, and he was always a good singer, but he didn't actually start doing singing until I say more recently. But you know, but he's actually a really good singer as well. It's just funny because when I saw him around here back in the day, he was just like strictly playing keyboards. He got pigeonholed into doing that. Yeah. And I think he was always friends with Rusty's little brother. So when I would right. hang out with Rusty, I would always see Riley and then Rusty's brother. Right. And uh, yeah, he's a really cool dude. I need to hook up. We always talk about like meeting up and, and doing a hike or something, but it never happens. Yeah, he's got a few Rhodes pianos and that's like one of my favorite instruments. And like he totally rehabbed one from essentially scratch. And uh, I think it was a, a Mark, Mark II like briefcase set. Oh, but cool. he like totally redid everything. The strikes uh, put a lot of money into it, and it's it's beautiful. Like always, like restoration type stuff with instruments. He's super talented guy, and uh, I like everything he's doing with the Mighty Missoula. And then then he has some ambient stuff that he's put out too. I don't I don't know for certain. I believe so. Yeah, he's a good dude. I'm like really bad at like whenever people put stuff out. Like I'm like, oh, I gotta check it out, and I check it out immediately, and then I go on to the next thing. It's like I guess my ADD. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. overwhelming though because you know back in the oh, day yeah. you had to be like if you wanted to be in, in a scene, you kind of had to insert yourself into that scene, and now it's just like you can get on Spotify and be like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this album. Right, right. Back in the day, you had to make the effort to be like, I want to be into this specific genre. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially it's just in the, our location. And like, now the access and oversaturation of everything, you know, it's, everything's on Spotify or has to be if you want any sort of attention. Hell, we're and, on Spotify. Hey, we're on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sponsored by Anchor, who's owned by Spotify. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why it's kind of cool. Like you were saying, like Cave In and Converge are like still your go to bands. Because yeah. like you discovered them before you had to like w when you had to go find music, you know. Yeah, had to dig for albums. Yeah, we've <laughs> we, yeah we've talked about this on two or three episodes too. But just kind of the trajectory of how we found music back in the day, you know, file sharing sites, things like oh, that, yeah. you know, and advance of the internet and speeds coming on board. But then between that, the local music scene and some of the friends that we procure, how it kind of formed and shaped. A lot of our musical interests, you know, I basically found out who Cave In was from we all cloned Marcus's iPod. One time we ripped it and everybody got it. And then um, I found out who Converge was from Ridge, my bandmate at the time. I started playing hardcore music with Garrett and those guys back in the day. That was the first band we all had together. And he was like, hey, check out this band. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's how I know about Converge is through you boys. Yeah. Matter of fact, these little 
prints behind me uh-huh. are things that he did screen printing class back when we were in high school, and he gave me those. So they're like that. I old. like the planes mistaken for guitars one. Yeah, plane mistaken for stars. That that came with randomly. It came with. I think it it might have been a Converge album. It, like I was like, where did this come from? I didn't. I didn't. I wish I'd gotten one of the records, but no. It it just like yeah. came free hmm. in the midst of other stuff I got. See a mock orange one back yeah. there. I got this really cool um, back in the day from Hydrohead. Like this just came like with. Um, I saw that with one of my records. That's dope. And it was basically a tour poster. That's fucking like sick. Converged. Yeah, it's a really cool one. I miss Hydrohead. That was a cool record label. Yeah, I like that Death Wish actually sells tour posters. I mean, it's a lot of the same people, guys, bands, you know, all yeah. crossbreeding, if you will. But the Death Wish, they do a lot of the tour posters. I got my wife a really cool Chelsea Wolf one for Christmas one year. And That's sweet. we still got to put it up in a frame, but, you know, we're, we're big fans of her as well. Yeah, she's pretty good. I like um, pretty much anything she puts out. But whenever you're hiking up in the mountains and stuff, what's what's? I mean, I would assume there's a lot of destitute, so no cell phone service in some capacities, varieties, those sorts of things. You know, it's got to be a little scary out there. And I know you've had some encounters with, uh, you know, nature and wildlife out there too. Yeah, um, one of my scariest moments was when my son Miles was at potty train age, like two and a half, three. And we climbed one of the local mountains that I, I knew pretty well. But when you have like snowpack, everything just looks way different. So anyway, we were climbing, um, they call it Spanish Peak, which is right outside of Quincy where I live. And um, we had a pretty good snowpack that year. It was July, but at the summit, we still had like six to five feet of snow. And um, I started late that day, which is kind of a no-no anyway, um, for reasons of getting lost or whatever. Sure. Right. Yeah. And thunderstorms rolling sometimes late in the day. So anyway, we get to the top, great views, everything is going good. I'm heading back down the mountain, about six miles back to my car. It's about a 12-mile day round trip, six up, six down. So heading back down to the car, this is July, about 7 o'clock. So it's starting to kind of get dark. Miles said he had to pee, so I was going to get him out of the backpack. And I look over my shoulder, and there's this... 300 to 400 pound bear oh shit which i had seen bears before you know like out in the wilderness far from a car or any structure to hide in so i did what i normally do just kind of stand there stand big whoa bear like don't run yeah that has always worked for me but this particular day i stood there for 10 minutes just like hey bear and it just kind of kept coming closer and i don't think the bear wanted to eat me i just think it was a big male curious bear and it just kind of kept coming at me and it kind of started like bluff charging me sort of like kind of snarling yeah that's wild so i'm starting to like tremble you know like i'm getting really fucking scared like i'm doing everything not to run Mm -hmm. even though like that's not what you're supposed to do so i finally did what you're not supposed to do i turn around and started like walking really fast Mm -hmm. and next thing i know i'm like really fucking lost like i didn't have any cell phone service. God. Everything was foreign to me. Like, I didn't know where the fuck I was. Jesus. And I was really thirsty, too, because I had just been running circles. Like, I had realized I had been just doing circles, like, in this huge fucking meadow. And um, I, I started crying. Like, I was seriously crying. because I, I didn't really care so much if it was just me, but I had my son on my back. Right. Yeah. And I remember at one point, he's like, Dad, I got to pee. And I'm like, just go in your pants, son. 
So finally I found like this big outcropping of rocks and I'm like, I'm going to go to this outcropping of rocks and try to get a feel of where I'm at. And I climb up this like outcropping of rocks and I see a lake that I know I'm not supposed to be seeing. And I had realized that I'm like really far from my car and it's like eight o'clock. So I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I knew the Pacific Crest Trail was behind me, but that's what the fucking bear was too. Yeah. So I'm like, do I go to this lake, which I knew this lake has like lodging and stuff, but this lake that I was seeing is like five, six miles away, no trail. So I was bound to get lost and in, 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 I was going to get lost if I went towards that lake. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to turn around and go in the direction of this bear. I have to, or I'm going to fucking die out here. Maybe I don't know. So I finally just start trudging up like this really steep hill mountain to get back up to the Pacific Crest Trail. And I finally see like a Pacific Crest Trail sign. And then there, there was that fucking bear. Jesus. And at that point I was like, it was dark and I was so tired that I was like, like, fuck you bear. I'm just, I just walk, I just walk past the bear. I'm just like, I'm going to my car. And it just kind of like slowly just like walked along me for a while and then just drifted off its own way. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I thought I was going to die for sure. And then I had a fear of like doing my favorite thing for a while. Like there was a good two months where I didn't want to hike. Oh, rightfully so, dude. I would imagine. Yeah, I thought I was going to get stalked by a bear. But I know that bears by nature don't want to really fuck with humans unless the bear has been fed. Right. So I finally got the courage up to do that same exact hike again, and then it, the fear went away. That's good, yeah. That shit still scares the fuck out of me. I, oh, I can yeah. imagine. Sometimes they're like, oh, I love seeing bears. I'm like, from my car, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm like not near a structure to like hide in or my car, and I still see a bear, it still scares the shit out of me. Right. I still, you know, I seen a bear about three weeks ago, probably. It was just a little cub. Did the whoa bear thing. Yeah, And I think I was between that bear and its mom because that little cub bear started kind of coming at me and bluff charging. So I was trying to be like, where's your mom? Like, I don't want to be between you guys. And I finally kind of just backed away with my hands up and the bear went down kind of around me. But that was not near spooky because I was with a couple of um, other dudes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't near as bad. You could just toss them to the bear if you needed to and you could run. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends was like, dude, give me a stick. And I couldn't find like an appropriate size stick. And I threw him like this huge log. He's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> Just spear him with it. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. One animal I've never seen and I don't want to is a mountain lion, which they're out here all the time. I was going to say. Right. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with that. I, I guarantee you of all the hiking I've done, I'm sure that there's been lots of mountain lions that have seen me and probably even like sort of like stalked me to check me out. Because sure. you know, if you see a mountain lion... You didn't see it first. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They cannot be seen if they don't want to be, for sure. And they're more likely to probably attack a human than a bear, for sure. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're more yeah. scavengers. Yeah. They talk about that here. There's, you know, they they say that they're randomly in and out of the state of Missouri, which right. with the frequency that they've been sighted and caught on camera, they're here. You yeah. Know the I mean? last time I went out to Pickle Springs with the entire family... We swore we were being stalked because we kept hearing stuff. And like whenever you get up against some of them gulches and stuff and you can yep. things just echo even more so. It was not like squ- I mean, you know what squirrel play is. You hear like lurching and yeah. cracking of branches right. like pressure right. is putting it down. Slow pressure yeah. and stuff. Right. right. Like I was like really starting to freak out. Oh, I would not be surprised at all. Out here for sure. They always say if you got like a little 
like a yappy dog, like a chihuahua or something. Yeah. Like they get attacked all the time if people are hiking and they're trailing behind. Yeah. Because the mountain lion will kind of size you up. So if I'm hiking with my kids, I make sure that they're like in front of me or between me and my wife. Right. Because they would definitely go to take your kid down before they would take, you know, you down because you're bigger. Right. 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 But yeah, that's one animal I don't want to see. I mean, I know it's even common in like LA of all places, like well-populated areas down there. Like I think Joe Rogan got attacked by like a mountain lion or somebody, or he had mentioned that he had an encounter with a mountain lion on his podcast a few years ago. That's pretty wild. Like it's, you don't think of that being a possibility. Like a metropolitan area. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Because of the fires that were going on too, was driving a lot of the wildlife into the more populated areas. Yeah. They, they don't really have nowhere to go when you have these big mega fires. So they kind of just come to town and uh, we have one in town right now that people have been talking about, and um, it's been being spotted in people's yards and shit. Wow. I'm always afraid I'll go out at night to throw some trash out, and it'll be like sitting there or something. But, um, Dude, I'm a big pussy whenever I go out at night, and I got to throw away the trash. Like, there was a cat in my trash one time. It just scared the absolute shit out of me. I was just like, ah! Yeah, I've had my... similar situations <laughs> with raccoons, too. Like, just didn't expect it. Or, yeah, raccoons, pops, possums. I've seen yeah. possums out here, too. Yeah. Raccoons are ornery, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss seeing all... There's a lot more raccoons, I feel like, in Missouri than I see out here. Which is funny, because, like, I feel like any media that you watched back in the day of, like, you know, TV shows or whatever the case was, like, uh, Northern Exposure was big back in the day whenever I was a kid, but you always saw like raccoons and stuff in those shows but it's not necessarily always the case and yeah yeah i remember like every time i go to yosemite they're fucking everywhere but other than that i hardly ever see them yeah i never see possums either i miss seeing a fucking possum yeah i'll tell you where raccoons are bad at as actually we were talking about earlier is down in black river oh Uh, yeah we went camping down there last year in the summer and it was like the first hundred degree weekend. It was fucking brutal. It was on Father's Day weekend. We went camping. We had a good time and though. We made I like woke up in the morning because I thought his kids were getting out of the tent, and there was like a raccoon staring at me, like trying to get in our coolers. Like big fat bastard. They like that trash. Yeah, they. We we tie our trash up, but they were still. We had coolers, even though I knew like we needed to weight them down. So I would put like heavy stuff on them at night. Like I think I even brought a weight down, like a dumbbell. And uh, I guess they just kind of like hang out in some of that roughage, like where it transitions from the river up to the campground areas, and they just come out at night and scavenge. You can hear yeah. them scratching around Easy on people's meals. tents. You're way more responsible than I was, like when I was like younger and would camp along the Black and Current. I just remember <laughs> we just have like bush beer cans and fucking food everywhere. Um, <laughs> We've so had those that's, occasions. That's we uh we went to Wapapello one year. It was uh. My wife and I, and then a couple other couples, Josh, Alyssa, his wife, and Ridge went with us, and that was a that was a pretty good time. I don't know if you've ever been down to Wapapello before. Yeah, it's been a bit, but I, I like it. It's pretty down there. It's changed quite a bit, too, because of all the flooding that they've had, too, and the Army Corps of Engineers manages that. Even Black River's a little bit different now. It's changed over the last few years, uh, the way the, the river bends back in there and how you can access and drive up into and park. It's uh, just all the crazy, back to the climate change thing too, it's just affected the geography down here pretty drastically in the last, I think that first big reservoir break was like 2008 or uh, 9. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. I can't remember that They exactly. first had to break like a levee on the river with regards to, and then they even had one here again in the last few years. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. I feel like you all are probably maybe safer than, than I am for sure. Like I tell my wife all the time like our house is going to burn down in the next five years probably but um yeah 
Um, it's fucking scary, especially if you have kids. You know what I mean? It's like, what future do they have? Right. It changes. It definitely adds a different element to the whole, yeah. you know, situation when you're worried about your children. You know what I mean? I saw also a strange thing that because like the, the CO2 and the climate was impacted, obviously, whenever everybody was staying at home during the pandemic and the shutdowns were going on. So like at first we saw immediate like positives with, you know, radiation that was being emitted and the holes in the ozone and so on and so forth. But now we're getting supposedly getting more violent weather on account of it for oxygen being restored back into the atmosphere. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hurricane specifically, I think, right? Isn't yeah. that the biggest risk yeah. to mankind right now? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, more violent hurricanes in particular have been trending. I remember right before I left Missouri for California, there was like that big inland windstorm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And those are becoming more and more common. It's like, what the fuck? Straight line winds and stuff is scary stuff. In fact, back to your camper talk, my wife and I, when we first started dating, we had that inland hurricane type event here in uh, 2009 in the early spring. And uh, the sh- they lost their home. And so they actually bought a camper to live in for a little while and, until they could get a new double wide uh, brought down on their property. But that's like our early relationship was down there. And then they kept the double wide. And so she and I actually moved into that briefly and we're living out of a double wide, but, uh, yeah, we kind of know the constraints of the, you know, pull behind living. Yeah. You see a lot of people out here now when you drive through these areas that are burnt and you see where a home once was, and now it's just like a camper Yeah. or, or, or a double wide if they're lucky and you feel really, really bad for those folks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think really the more fires around here event caused, unfortunately, you know, usually ties back to drugs and that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, but you know, there's, I mean, Frederictown, even over the winter, I don't know if you know this, they had a bad uh, tornado come through there and a lot of people lost their homes. Yeah. I had some friends that had lost a home and, um, yeah, it was a pretty big one from what I understand. I think like, uh, yeah, it took out black river. Yeah. That whole area over there where, um, Black River Electric is right by the highway. Yeah. St. Mary's. St. Mary's, yeah. That's where a lot of my family's from. St. Mary's area. And uh, fucking crazy, man. Uh, people that don't believe it are nuts. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it took out uh, Crown Valley Brewery. It took the roof off the brewery, the distillery there. Uh, the only thing that kept it was the distiller, the flue stack that came up through it. Like the roof got hung up on it. It peeled wow. it back like a tuna can. Uh, took out St. Mary's Antique Mall down there. Took out um, an auction barn on um, Crown property. Yeah, St. Uh, Mary's Antique Mall was totally flattened. Damn. Damn. I didn't know that. Damn. Yeah, that place is really cool. There were some gems in there. Yeah, Antique Treasures is uh, also owned by those same people, the Crown people. But it's it's pretty cool in Farmington. You can get some good tape uh, steels there occasionally or vinyl. But they actually have antique pieces too, but there's a lot of booths in there. Yeah, I used to have some like cool stag memorabilia from that antique store yeah antiquing is obviously a huge thing in the area too uh and that's how actually i met a lot of people in the area that were coincidentally friends with people that i were and were going to shows like the mcdowell's and those people you know they do a lot of antiquing in the area which is kind of wild how those things have kind of intertwined uh-huh. in the community down here you got silver mine antiques that place was cool yeah for sure yeah and last I, ten- I was in Missouri, I made I made a point to go to Arcadia Valley. It's really fucking pretty there, and, and we stayed at the old. Um, is that like an old church they had there? Yep, yep. The academy. The academy. We stayed at the academy. 
went to uh, Johnson shut-ins for the first time in a long time. So yeah, good memories there. Johnson shut-ins is a cool place, but I feel like since the reservoir, it's like, it feels like the water gets more stagnant there and it gets kind of nasty. Like it gets some E. coli issues. Like we went out there one year and it was horrific. It seemed a lot different than what I remembered, you know, but it had been like, God, 15, 16 years since I had been there. Yeah. I know that what has improved, and I haven't actually done a lot of it, is some of the walking trails and things. Like, they've actually, you know, did that plank boarding um, in some some of the areas, especially down, you know, uh, shut-in side. But I haven't actually done any extensive hiking since they've redone all that, down on that side of things anyways. I've been up to Tom Sock. Tom Sock's always a great hike. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love going down to, like, the Devil's Tollgate and then beyond if if I have the time. Boy, there were so many legends in our in Ironton around that back in the day. You know, uh, my mom, she grew up in Ironton. That's how we, you know, it's her family's from that area. So that's what brought us back down here after the flood of 93 because we were up in, um, you know, essentially East St. Louis. But West Alton is uh, the town that we lived in, and it just got totally devastated in the flood of 93. So we moved down here with, like, her family and stuff. And it's it's crazy even how things have changed down here, like, as far as development wise, but you know, like literally all of this area, these natural areas, is just like in my family's DNA. Yeah. That's cool, man. Ironton born and bred generations. Yeah. Yeah. There's good people from Ironton area. It, uh, I don't know if the Ironton kids were like the Fettertown kids, but we, I don't know what it was with Potosi, but it was like always kind of a joke to laugh about Potosi. Oh, yeah. We did it yeah. too at Farmington. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There the was Trojans. always uh, like everybody else was highbrow. Yeah. 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 Like, in, like they were all inbred, like, Oh yeah. Monkey Mountain. Monkey Mountain. Monkey Mountain yeah. 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 That, 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 that would be another, that would be another song that needs to happen on the next razor. Is, sure. uh, Monkey Mountain. <laughs> that would be sweet. Met my lover on Monkey Mountain. That would be a good one for sure. Man, <laughs> man those kids did look kind of weird though. I feel like <laughs> a lot of them did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we played a few shows in Potosi. Yeah. Were pretty wild. Is that where, is that where you met Pam was in Arcadia Valley? Yeah. She, uh, she was a great ahead of me in AV and, uh, she was a shy girl and I was a shy boy in school. We actually never dated or anything or anywhere close to it while we were in high school. And after like we were in college and stuff and, we just kind of randomly reconnected. We had been stayed like I was in cross country with some of her old boyfriends and stuff like that. So like we were just like kind of knew each other, but she was in college back home for the summer. Coincidentally also working at a hotel and I was working at a hotel. So we'd share hotel horror stories and stuff like that. So that kind of initiated conversation with us again. And, and, uh, we just started dating, been together ever since. So like 2009, um, seems like a really cool gal just from you know seeing um your family on instagram and whatnot but uh she's the best she's the red on the water we all need those strong women <laughs> oh Absolutely. yeah man. women definitely don't get enough credit like for sure my wife definitely holds our family together but hey man i appreciate you giving us your time Absolutely, today man. and yeah. i i really like catch up i'd like to have you back on the show at some point yeah, and sure yeah i just at least wanted our first conversation to be kind of about who you are what you're about what you're up to your yeah. interests and that sort of stuff kind of get a character character profile going for you and you know maybe we can talk bring you back on maybe do some old school uh show flyers and talk about memories or even talk about current bands and stuff like i know you're a cave-in fan like i am always down to talk about cave-in and anything close to it 
Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, sorry about the tef- uh, the difficulties with the uh, with my oh, no phone worries. or not. But uh, it's all yeah. good, dude. Yeah, we've good dealt with way worse, sure, and uh, got to bring up some good memories tonight, most definitely. So thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, you oh, too, yeah, bro. Man. Appreciate you. Thanks. We'll talk dude. to you later. We'll see ya. you. You, 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 you take your tooth. I'll smash it and crash it, and then I'll bash you with my rig while smoking a cig. My rig while smoking a cig. You ain't tough. Just a smelly muff. You bring your boys. You bring your boys. I'll get cousin. Gonna, 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 gonna get cousin. Gonna, 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 gonna get cousin. Now cousin is tall and your boys are small. Now cousin is tall and your boys are small. Gonna, 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 gonna get cousin. Now when cousin smoke mad, you. Welcome back after the break, guys. Thanks for sticking with us and sticking tuned to what we got dialed in here today. We want to thank PQ for being on the show. Absolutely. That was awesome, dude. It was a great conversation, yeah. great stories about his travels there out on the West Coast. Yeah, and it just brought the trails. The good old feels again, which, yeah. you know, like we've always said, we've been trying to capture anyway. But yeah, with definitely. Little nostalgia lane for sure. Yeah, for sure. We want to talk about what we have going on next week again. So just briefly, we're going to be doing a, a classic segment drop. And so stay tuned for that. It'll be a nice, short, quick, fun listen. And you're going to hear, you know, 20, 21 year olds are there about versions of us yeah. <laughs> on there. Yeah. Ranting and raving as if we knew it complicated life was like at that age yeah, right. <laughs> like we had real problems then right no doubt and of course as a part of every week we have to thank mr ben sharp of cloud kicker for allowing us to use his song you and yours for the ati podcast open it is off the album let yourself be huge we really appreciate it yeah absolutely thank you so much man great stuff keep it coming and for this week i am very insane and that's a train. That is a train. <laughs> We're about to catch this train and get up on out of here. About to get this small fucking train hopped on. And we're getting the fuck out of here. I'm Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And you can check me out on Instagram at underscore Joshua Welch or on Twitter at the OG Josh W. Until next time. You all be safe out there. Yeah. Wear your rubbers. And good night and good luck. Go Blues. Yeah.
Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. You guys do breakfast and just like a regular, you guys got a buffet set up? A buffet? Yeah. No. No buffet, huh? No. You guys do like hamburgers and all that? Yes, we do. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Make my panties wet, them damn hamburgers do. I think me and my buddies will come in and have me some hamburgers with cheese flopped all over them. And after that, we'll toss your salad, big boy. Put some ranch dressing on my crotch. Absolutely not. This is Trish. Can I help you? Yeah, what time you all close, baby? We're open 24 hours a day. Well, a bunch of me and my buddies have a tied on a big old buzz from the from the local tavern, and we're gonna come in and eat some burgers and all right. Get some sloppy tits. Get some what? Some sloppy, some sloppy boobies. We, we got some sloppy boobies with us. Oh, you got some sloppy boobs with you? Yeah. Okay. Can we bring them in? Well, I assume you probably can. If they keep their shirts on, can we put some ranch dressing down their, uh, down their breath? Oh, no, I don't know about all that. Come on. No, I don't think so. I don't think we can handle that tonight, okay? What if I put some ranch dressing on my cross in the bathroom? You know what? If you do it in the bathroom and don't get all over the floor, I don't really care what you put on your cross in the bathroom. Does it make your nipples hard? No, it doesn't. And I have customers. I have to go. Okay. Okay. Bye. I heard you've been fucking around on my girlfriend. What? I heard you, uh, you've been eating her muff when I ain't around. Yeah, you did. This is Darnell.